Happy Bitcoin Tuesday, freaks. It's your boy Odell here for another Citadel Dispatch, the interactive show focused on actionable Bitcoin and freedom tech discussion. Uh, it's always a pleasure to rip these dispatches with all you freaks, and I'm looking forward to this one as well. As always, Dispatch is 100% audience funded without ads or sponsors. We rely on donations from our audience in order to support the show. The easiest way to support the show is via podcasting 2.0 apps, such as Fountain, Breeze, Echo LN, and others. Podverse.fm is another big one. You simply download the app, or if it's a web browser-based client, go to the web, uh, search Citadel Dispatch, press that subscribe button, choose how many sats per minute you think the show is worth, and those sats will get streamed directly to my node. Also in Podcasting 2.0, there is a feature called Boostergrams. Boostergrams are the ability to send a lump sum payment of sats along with a message. Every week on Dispatch, I read the top Boostergrams from the previous week, but also everyone can read them as well. Um, we have Eric99 with 50,000 sats saying, stay humble and stack sats. Really great advice, Eric. Appreciate you. We have at law Bitcoin with 45,000 sats saying, appreciate the signal among all the noise. Have a happy Thanksgiving with family and friends. Very timely. Happy Thanksgiving to all the freaks from America here. We have at Chad Farrow with 25,000 sats, no message. We have at Vake, 25,000 sats, no message. And we have at Pablo F7Z with 25,000 sats saying, make hashtag reckless great again. Um, so thank you freaks who continue to support the show with sats. Uh, you guys are amazing and I love seeing the sats flow into the node. I also set up something new, uh, over the last week, uh, called geyser.fund. I'm going to pull this up on the screen to the freaks who are watching. Um, that's geyser.fund slash project slash Citadel. It's an interface similar to a Kickstarter or a Patreon that not only lists all the podcasting 2.0 sats that come in and the messages attached to the boostergram, so you all can see that, um, but it also allows you to contribute via on-chain or lightning directly on the website. So if you're not using a podcasting 2.0 app and you would like to support the show, um, doing, doing it through this interface still goes to my own note. It, you can think of it similar to how I had BTC Pay set up previously. Um, Custody-wise, it's exactly the same thing. It's going to my own full node. But this way, you guys are able to track how much you are supporting the show. Right now, we're at 2.2 million sats. We'd love to see that number continue to go up. Uh, I do appreciate all the freaks that support. And your messages will show up there when you do it. Um, I am known to be a bit of a domain hodler myself. So I've redirected citadel.lol to this website. So if you go to citadel.lol in your web browser... Um, you can see a live update on how much funds, how many sats um, the freaks have supported the show. And as you can see right now on the screen, it even shows as you're streaming in the sats per minute uh, directly to my node. It's pretty, pretty fucking cool. And huge shout out to the team at geyser.fund uh, for making this a possibility and offering this service to anyone who's trying to raise sats from people for free um, in the, it, while maintaining self-custody of all their funds. Really, really cool. On top of all that, uh, freaks, I know it's a bear market if you can't support the show with sats. I understand. Um, if 
you can still support the show by sharing it with your friends and family, subscribing on your favorite platforms. As always, it's available on Twitch. It's available on YouTube. It's available on Rumble. It's available on Bitcoin TV. And it's available in any podcasting app. Pressing subscribe, leaving a review, sharing with friends and family. These all help. And last but not least, uh, joining us for these live chats, joining us in the live chat, actually participating in the discussion, giving your questions, giving your comments, putting them in boostergrams. This is what makes this show unique. This, you know, I like to think that I'm not the only host of Citadel Dispatch. You're all hosts of Citadel Dispatch, and I, I couldn't do it without you. So thank you all. Thank you all for your support. Uh, there's a lot of haters out there for the value for value model, and uh, I think we can prove them wrong. So uh, here's to you, and, and let's keep pushing forward. With all that said... Thank you for sticking with me during this preamble. We have a great guest in the house. We have Sergey from BitRefill. How's it going, Sergey? Hey, Matt. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, so BitRefill, I, I think a good place to start here is, uh, yes, Carlos, you are a host. Um, we have Ride or Die Free Carlos in the in the live chat asking if he's a host. He is a host as well. And he says he'll take one of these weeks so I can uh, have a week off. So we'll keep that in mind, Carlos. Thank you. Um, let, let's start with BitRefill. What is BitRefill for you know the dozen of people that don't know what BitRefill is? BitRefill is uh, the largest thing is single service for people to buy stuff uh, with their sats. Um, we specifically we uh, we offer things like uh, uh, gift cards for for e-commerce and physical commerce and uh, phone refills, bill payments, things like that. Um, so uh, if you want to buy something in the real world with the sats uh, uh, that uh, you earn, uh, for example, by podcasting and getting generous donations from from your audience, uh, BitRefill is a very simple click, click, click uh, solution uh, to, to achieve e-commerce uh, with the sats. Yeah, so I mean, the topic of today's discussion, well, overall, I'm, I made the topic of today's discussion, the main topic, building a Bitcoin circular economy. I think all these different smaller topics we'll be covering kind of fall into it. That's my um, main topic, uh, everything I do <laughs> exactly. for the past years. So. And we appreciate you for that. I mean, I've used BitRefill many times. Um, so the, the main, I guess the majority of the volume is for gift cards through BitRefill, right? And yes. And then you have phone top-ups. What would you say like the breakdown is between like phone top-ups and gift cards? Depends if you count uh, dollars or humans. Um, if you count humans, there's a, a meaningful chunk that does phone top-ups, but they're low volume. If you count dollars, then obviously gift cards are uh, much bigger. Yeah, I've used it for both. Um, so just real quick, BTC pins in the YouTube comments saying his comment got censored on the live feed. I just want to be clear here. I do no active moderation of the chat. Um, if you're commenting through YouTube or Twitch, um, their algo might censor you. You can always comment on the Matrix chat, which the link is at silldispatch.com. All of the relevant links are all at silldispatch.com. Uh, one thing I want to note is... Uh, there's a slight change to the matrix chat. Uh, we now have two matrix chats. We have the original matrix chat that has over a thousand people that is end to end encrypted. Um, matrix's encryption in rooms that size starts to get really bogged down. 
unreliable. So we also have a no encrypted Citadel chat, and that's the one that's being broadcast on the screen. So if you're in the existing Matrix chat listening right now, wondering why you don't see it, um, I put a link in that chat as well, but it's in Um So... Uh, Sergey, when, when we're talking about, when, when we're talking about payments, uh, one of the cool things about BitRefill is whenever you give presentations, I feel like you always provide us with all these awesome stats. You always provide us with all these awesome stats about what, how people paid, what are the different payment breakdowns you, you know, you support lightning, you support on-chain Bitcoin. Um, I think in, in our little bubble, a lot of people think that you know, lightning payments are dominating right now. And in, in your experience, what do you see uh, about that breakdown between uh, lightning versus on-chain? Um, good question. Well, I mean, uh, I think uh, on-chain is, uh, again, it depends a little bit if you count uh, unique users or, uh, or dollars, uh, but uh, uh, in euros, uh, on-chain is like, seven six seven times bigger than lightning yeah if you count uh, individual transactions or humans then uh, lightning's doing a little bit better yeah uh, let me see if i have that uh, actually so in sheer uh, numbers of, of stats, payments uh, it's lightning but in volume it's on chain but no 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 i mean it's still on chain it's just uh, lightning does a little bit better so if you count oh, okay. uh, unique users, then <laughs> Lightning is uh, maybe a fifth uh, of uh, of on chain. Oh shit! So I mean, it, okay. it, the difference is not that big. You know, people are always like, "Oh, you should count the small transactions, this and that." Like, it it doesn't make that big of a difference. It's just easier for little random things to uh, to skew the stats. Um, uh, so it's somewhere there. Like most Bitcoin users uh, uh, or, or uh, use on-chain uh, to pay, uh, to buy stuff on Bitrefill, yes. And then, I mean, you also support shit coins and stable coins. Is Bitcoin on-chain is the most? Um, Bitcoin on-chain is uh, the biggest single uh, payment method, but uh, it's... Uh, it's uh, yeah, just under, uh, it's around 30% of volume. Yeah, so it's the biggest one. Yeah, but, uh, but it's, it's not about 30%. Yeah. What's number two? Um, uh, Ethereum on chain. Ethereum. Actually, but, then, but then it's kind of close with uh, Tether on Tron and Binance Pay. Tether on Tron is number three, is a close third? Yeah, they're all kind of third, close for second, let's see. Ethereum, Tether Tron, and uh, Binance Pay, and then we have um, other stuff. Binance um, Pay? What yeah. is Binance Pay? It's a just centralized uh, uh, off-chain solution for people to pay within their, uh, straight within their Binance account. So it's like PayPal? It's uh, PayPal for Binance users, yeah. Yeah. So, like, what, do you, like, integrate with an API or something? There's no, like, actual token involved there? Or... Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no crypto fanciness uh, in, uh, in that, but it is uh, people that, uh, that use uh, Binance have money there. We, we actually never don't see what kind of you know, coins it is if they're paying with uh, 
which balance it just gets converted to us. Um, but uh, there and are, what do I you mean, receive uh, on your end for that? We receive Binance USD, which we then convert as soon as possible into uh, fiat. Uh, so Binance USD is a stable coin that trades on what BSC um, or something on one of their on their chain. I guess, yeah. I mean, we've never uh, actually we have made, uh, but yeah, we we don't support BSC currently. But uh, yeah, we we get that money on Binance. And, uh, we convert. I mean, we uh, the vast majority of the money we need to send back to uh, to uh, to buy more gift cards. So big Bitcoin on chain, Bitcoin on chain is thirty percent. Then Ethereum is second at what percentage? Uh, around? Yeah, it's around uh, it's around seventeen. Seventeen, and and so you said uh, Tether on Tron, and then this Binance pay thing are close behind that so they're around 17 as well yeah they're around 16 and then where does lightning fall on that uh this is the euros chart so lightning lands uh, at around four percent four percent yes so lightning is but if like you count eight. unique users then it's closer to seven uh, so it's Got somewhere it. you know in the in the five area you know it depends on how you so would it. you say Lightning support on bit refill is more of a forward-looking goal, like just being ready. Currently, for absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been forward-looking since always. Uh, I think. I mean, we started on Lightning when there was zero users on Lightning. Uh, we, I think, uh, the first purchase on Lightning was on bit refill uh, when uh, Alex uh, from Lightning Labs bought something on the beta, private beta that we sent him and posted it on Twitter. And that was that. And now he's just the only person who uses Lightning on your service. Absolutely I'm not. Just, yeah, quite a I'm few just, people use Lightning. Um, just that quite a few people I, use other things as well. I'm just fucking with you. Uh, I've used Lightning on your service. So there's at least two of us. Um, yeah. So how do we get that number up? Why do you think that number is so low? It's a good question. I, I don't know. Did, did you have a chance to, to watch? Uh, I sent you a talk that I did on, on the Bitcoin Pizza Day in Prague. Um, no, unfortunately, I didn't. I think, uh, I mean, uh, the, the question is sort of from uh, uh, from the point uh, that, that I'm approaching this uh, is, uh, I mean, it's fundamentally, it's a marketing issue, right? And okay. uh, uh, Or at least product market fit uh, issue. And I think that um, I mean, from from Bitrefa's perspective, like our marketing is like finding people who have uh, coins uh, to spend, right? So people that uh, either uh, uh, bought the coins when they were worth less, or people who are earning them in different ways uh, in their paycheck and their uh, in their sats donations on the, uh, on their content, uh, in trading and in, in whatever, um, right? And so the question is uh, sort of how do we uh, get uh, lightning sats uh, into the hands of uh, people that are are looking to uh, to engage. I think. Um, I mean, maybe I can like give a short summary, I guess, of uh, of that talk. I think it's an interesting uh, observation that um, you know, Bitcoin is both a tool and a movement, right? And it's a movement that that sort of circulates around uh, a tool, a thing like Bitcoin itself. It's it's not a person it's a thing right and um all of us here like the fact that we're recording a podcast about bitcoin 
and that there are people listening to this indicates that all of us, uh, both you and I and, and everybody who, who listens, does this because they're part of a movement, right? We want Bitcoin to succeed and we uh, spend a significant chunk uh, of our lives uh, uh, talking, thinking, working uh, to make, uh, make that happen, right? But there's also a lot of people right. that use Bitcoin as a tool, right? So, uh, I mean, uh, you know, like uh, yeah, I use cars sometimes. You probably do as well. Yeah, right. But we wouldn't dream Indeed. of like uh, going to a car conference, even though such things exist. Right. And there are, right. you know, disputes. Uh, what's the real car? And this isn't the real car. And uh, uh, the classic <laughs> car maximalist and the sports car maximalist and blah, 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 blah. Like those things exist, but we don't care. Right. Because we mostly like we order an Uber, we go from A to B and we're happy and we achieved the benefit of car. Right. And, and it's in a similar way with, uh, with Bitcoin that uh, even though there is a very vibrant community uh, of people who are passionate uh, about, uh, about Bitcoin and wish it to succeed, uh, there is a much, much, much bigger uh, group of people that, uh, uh, that use um, Bitcoin and don't particularly you know, uh, care about it, uh, right? In the same way that you and I don't care about the cars that we, uh, you know, uh, drive around in. Right. Um, uh, and uh, and those people are hard to reach. Like, they're not going to listen to this podcast, right? Because why would they? Um, right? Um, I mean, if it's just a tool, like you and I, again, we don't listen to... Uh, we use a lot of stuff uh, every day, a lot of tools, but we don't necessarily listen to podcasts about all of them. And so, yeah, and, and so there is this, like, there is obviously this overlap, right? I mean, uh, you and I are a good example of an overlap, and this, uh, uh, this podcast collects uh, donations and sats, yeah, and so you actually have an income in sats, and you're like a, a typical excellent customer of somebody that we would try to, uh, try to find. Um, right, we use, but, we use Bitcoin the tool, but we're also active in Bitcoin the movement. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but but so there is an overlap, of course. But there is also like we talked about the people that use Bitcoin as a tool uh, that don't particularly care so much about us as a movement. Uh, and there's also quite a large number of people. This was surprising to me uh, that are part of the movement that don't actually use Bitcoin as a tool. Yeah, right. right. Um, uh, and uh, Lightning is a little bit in uh, in that category, right? Because uh, like there's a lot of Bitcoiners that. You know, they like Bitcoin, they want it to succeed, they want Lightning to succeed, uh, they will do what they can to help, but they just, you know, don't really have a need for it. They bought some Bitcoin, they put it in a nice secure cold storage, locked it away, they don't even have an access to it, they don't have a wallet on their phone. Yeah, right, they, you don't know, not, not, they don't spend, they don't earn, they don't engage in the circular economy, they, uh, you know, they cheerlead, they're investors, right? Uh, same way as right. customers, uh, companies have investors that might I mean, not be customers of the company. I wouldn't even be surprised if until the last few weeks, like the majority of the Twitter influencers didn't even self-custody, let alone spend Bitcoin. Right, uh, for example. But but the self-custody thing is a little bit uh, orthogonal, I'd say, because like you can have a mobile uh, wallet that is custodial, uh, right? Um, but still engage, like Strike is right. a good example of that, right? So I mean the custody. I mean it's there. It's similar somewhere, uh, but but it's not like it's important to be, I think, uh, specific, right? To to pinpoint these things because these are uh, difficult issues, and I think that this question is important. You know, uh, 
why? Because I think that you know the free the freedom money, the internet money narrative uh, is uh, at uh, at the core of all of this. And I saw there was a somebody who commented that Bitcoin is a store of value. And it's like, yeah, it is, but it's only a store of value because you can transfer it over the internet. And if you couldn't transfer it over the internet, meaning transact, then it kind of wouldn't have been a store of value either, right? And so there's been this, uh, I think it's like leftovers from uh, from 2017 in the Bitcoin community where people are like, oh, it's a store of value. Oh, it's a medium of exchange. Like, no, it's both. You know, you can't right. have the one without the other. And like Satoshi covered all of this. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I'm still sort of always uh, amazed in like how much of the space uh, uh, Satoshi uh, actually managed to successfully analyze, uh, including actually the, the zero comp debate, which I guess maybe we, we'll get to. Yeah, but uh, you know that uh, uh, you, you know this, you 100% know this quote, like imagine. Uh, imagine a metal uh, that has no particular uh, qualities. Uh, it's not useful in any way, except for the property that you could transfer it over the internet, right? right. If somehow it were to acqu- acquire value, it would be very valuable because then you could send it over the internet and you could buy it here, sell it there. Uh, and, then, and then that would be great. And But how would, we, would it acquire value in the, in the first place? Well, yeah, because uh, of speculation, right? Because it might make sense to get some in case it catches on. Right, people <laughs> like, expect like, it to like, accrue value. So, like this is day one so. of Satoshi. He literally explains uh, the entire industry, and uh, ten years later, we're still sort of in in that. Like, it might make sense sense to get some in case it catches on, and people do, and then uh, suddenly they're like, "Oh, it's going to be the world money, and everything is going to go to the moon, and uh, all of that." Right. Yeah, but right. so yes, zoom, zooming out uh, uh, a little bit because I get carried away. Yeah, so basically, you know, we we have the people that use Bitcoin, uh, and you can imagine, uh, uh, and by use I mean to transact, uh, right? Obviously, Holding is using as well, but that's like a, <laughs> a different story than than what we're discussing. Yeah, so there's a, there's a set of people that transact with Bitcoin, and there's a set of people that love Bitcoin. Right, and they overlap uh, to some extent, but there's a big group that loves Bitcoin, doesn't transact, and there's a very big group that transacts in Bitcoin uh, that doesn't particularly uh, love Bitcoin any more than you and I love cars. Does that right. make sense? Yes. And so, uh, and so it's also like a bit of a question, I think, uh, for us in the movement uh, uh, that maybe I can even ask to you. Like, do you think? I mean, we all want Bitcoin to achieve world dominance and be the money of uh, of the world, but is it is it required and desirable for that for every person in the world to sort of identify as a bitcoiner to listen to podcasts go to conferences to care so deeply about it like do we think no. that that's a desirable realistic goal no i mean we don't have everyone uses email but like no one goes to email conferences right which is funny by the way because i used to go to internet conferences yeah, um, so uh, I have gone to internet conferences. They were great, uh, and then I went to social media conferences, and today that's hilarious as well. And I mean, Bitcoin conferences have forked as well, right? I mean, right. the crypto conferences forked off, and the Bitcoin conferences are splitting up as well into more and more subcategories. And now we're like in a situation where uh, there's a lot of very similar conferences, and probably they're going to fork deeper because as the group, uh, the, right. the subculture smaller. grows, there's smaller subcultures yeah. emerge. Right. right, but probably so. You and I agree that, like, realistically, uh, if everybody in the world is using Bitcoin, uh, they're not going to be 
caring about it uh, enough to go to conferences. It's just their money and it works. Exactly. Right. Um, and, and so that's uh, sort of uh, uh, why I think uh, uh, we, we do a lot of, uh, uh, of uh, working with, uh, I mean, we work with the group that transacts in Bitcoin, right? And so we're trying to, uh, to find uh, uh, them in, in all of their shapes and, uh, and forms, right? Some of them are uh, people that you and I would meet on, uh, on conferences or on Twitter. Uh, some of them are different, uh, right? Uh, and uh, they have different... Uh, flows different needs functions uh, that that Bitcoin uh, achieves uh, for them, and I'm of the view that Bitcoin is a thing, and so you know if it scratches a niche for you, that's great. I'm very happy that it does. Right, all this makes sense to me. Um, so then, right. So back to I guess the lightning question. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, right. We've... Right, because I think as like Bitcoiners, like particular, like I think most Bitcoiners would agree, or maybe not, but I think I believe that like if if Lightning, if 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 a centralized Binance Pay is being used more than Lightning, then we have significantly more work to be done. Agreed. Yeah, agreed, and 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 that's uh, I think uh, uh, where. Uh, that's also, I mean, maybe this is a sidetrack, but like there is definitely a dilemma in which uh, when a centralized uh, entity uh, on an open network becomes too dominant, they actually uh, start creating disincentives uh, for inter- integrating with the, the open network. Yeah, there's many examples in history when that happens. Uh, but uh, in any case, yes, we, we, we definitely have, uh, have work to do. Um, in terms of uh, getting lightning into uh, into the hands of uh, uh, of uh, the people that uh, uh, that uh, use uh, Bitcoin, we can do another thing that I did in that talk as well. Uh, let me just uh, set. Uh, um, maybe you, you want to play this game. Uh, so we have a wallet selector on Bitrefill. Uh, it's actually being reworked right now, so the, the stats might be slightly, slightly off. Uh, but directionally, you oh, get the idea. These stats are crazy. Yeah, let's talk about uh, this. You've seen them. Uh, so uh, I guess maybe you heard, but like, can you guess uh, for Bitcoin and Lightning, both on-chain uh, and... Uh, I have the spoilers. Let's see if I remember. Uh, it Trust Wallet, blockchain.info, and... Uh, Another garbage wallet. Did I get two of the three? Uh, yeah, ish. Yeah, you're directionally right. Yeah, Exodus also. Exodus. After that, actually comes Electrum, Moon, and Strike, and Blue Wallet as well. So I mean, they're oh, all. Oh wow, Electrum's the... number four. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, but yeah, Electrum is like it's been surprising me how strong it's going all these years. Yeah, so I always shout out to 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 the Electrum devs. Like uh, they built a thing that stood the test of time and still does, uh, and it's a great wallet. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, wait, but so, anyway, uh, so wait, let's say I'm in order. What what's the order? The top six in order. Uh, currently, it's uh, but like right now, I think we disable it on Android. So it might be a little bit off, but generally, it's Exodus blockchain, uh, Chivo, uh, Trust Wallet, uh, Electrum Moon. Oh, Chivo's up there now. 
Well, she was up there for count unique uh, users. Yeah, there's a lot of people in El Salvador that use Chivo and Betrayal. This is ranked by unique users? Yes. And it's voluntary. It's when they're doing the payment flow, it asks. Uh, yeah. So there is, a slight, uh, there is a slight skew here uh, in that uh, uh, if uh, you use a wallet that's always reliable and never any issues, you might actually not care to use this feature. Whereas if you have a wallet that sometimes has a little bit of bugs, then maybe you use it a little bit more. But I, I don't think that skew is too significant. Probably Chivo is inflated a little bit. This is why I always love talking to you and watching your presentations because you, you kind of break through like our little our little echo chamber bubble. Um, and I mean, this is a yeah, well, example. I mean, and it's important to be nuanced uh, here as well, right? When presenting st uh, stats, because you can always uh, uh, mislead uh, with stats. And like, you know, we can, uh, you know, I can present stats about like, ah, oh, lightning is doubling every year. It's great. And then I can find like, smallest number uh, that is not a lie, but misleading about, oh, lightning is tiny, right? And I can post right. them out and, uh, one will be uh, super viral uh, in the in the Bitcoiner community. The other one will be very right. viral. The bullish viral one is no always kind of... viral. Yeah. The bearish one as well. It's just in the in, oh, the, right. in those who don't like it, right? Uh, the Ethereans or uh, or the no coiners and so on. Uh, but let's just so, unpack uh, those. But for nuance a uh, nuance gets stuck. But I kind of insist on uh, on nuance because again, like th this is an important thing that we're working on, uh, not just uh, Bitrefill we, but the bigger we. Yeah, and so I think it's important because uh, I mean this like personally, uh, like some people perceive me as like always being critical of Bitcoin, uh, yeah. and maybe that's true um, that I don't you know cheerlead to the moon so much these days. Yeah, uh, but I mean mainly it's because like I don't feel like we're done. Yeah, I don't think we're anywhere near done. Yeah, and if we're not anywhere near done, yeah, then uh, it's important uh, that. Uh, we talk uh, uh, straight about the, the things as they are so that other people can act upon good information and so that we can get to a better place, uh, right? Uh, like, my question is, like, how do we 10 exit? You know, how do we 100 exit? I know that, like, these days, there were, I guess, the past years, like, there was a lot of, like, uh, the sound money uh, maximalists that were like, ah, oh, you know, in, in the end, all of the money divided by 21 million and that's going to be, and we're going to be on the moon. Right. And then they, and you kind of ask, like, how are we going to get there? Yeah, and they, they never know. It's like, uh, it's predetermined, right? So we don't actually... It's just inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, in, in my book, I mean, maybe this is cursing a church, but like, I think that the sound money narrative <laughs> is the same as talk to flow, right? It, it's this idea that uh, just because uh, uh, the supply is limited... Uh, then that means that uh, everything else is preordained and we're going to be on uh, on the moon. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I don't think that limited supply alone is uh, uh, is what's going to get us there. I mean, there's a lot of things that have limited supply. Fucking Litecoin has limited supply. Um, so well, not really. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, the 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 key. I mean, the key is how hard is the protocol to change, right? Yeah, and we, we don't know that for Bitcoin or for Litecoin. So I mean, it's definitely yeah. significantly easier on Litecoin. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, how, how I mean, uh, I, I think I agree with you, but like, how would you prove that to me? Yeah, I mean, I, I place your bets. I don't know how to prove it to you. Yeah, um, I would. Uh, be, uh, fair enough. I would also bet, bet like, a bit, of course. Can, I mean, yeah, you, if you believe it, you can buy Litecoin, and then we can, you know, reconvene in ten years. Um, I uh, no, I think we're 
we're like we're pretty much aligned like this is why i started dispatch like i am um probably one of the most bullish people on bitcoin on the planet uh but i got sick of the fact that you know people were just saying blind bullish engagement things on podcasts and twitter and whatnot and that we actually need like a critical lens and open discussion and we need to actually make improvements you know to how people use bitcoin and how people interact with bitcoin and a perfect example is your list of top wallets. I mean, on those on that list of top wallets, you know, one of the top ones is Trust Wallet, which is which is owned and operated by Binance. I believe it's a closed source wallet. It not only does it not support Lightning, but it uses a fixed reused address for Bitcoin transactions, which is universally uh, universally. Um, not encouraged like that's horrible for privacy to use a reused address um just to show where their priorities are but but here with bit refill stats you can see it's one of the most used wallets in the world even though no one on bitcoin twitter would ever recommend it um so yep. there's a discrepancy between the echo chamber that's on bitcoin twitter like on all these different philosophical podcasts and whatnot Versus because Bitcoin Twitter happening. only markets to Bitcoin Twitter, right? Uh, and yeah. uh, there's a limited set of people. I don't know how many they are. Like uh, someone asked me to guess. I would guess like 50,000 people, I guess. Um, maybe more. What do you think? Like uh, how big is uh, the Bitcoiner community? On Twitter? Well, uh, Twitter, conferences, I don't know. Uh, oh, all like 250,000 who... or something, 300,000. Okay. All right. So, uh, how many people do you think self custody Bitcoin? Oof. Um, that's a good question. I think quite a few, actually. Um, I mean, uh, you know, Ledger sold a million in the previ previous. Uh, <laughs> we only know because the leak. Well, the leak confirms their information. But yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, uh, so, I mean, I think quite a few uh, self custody. Uh, I mean, it's definitely think over like a, under 30 million. Uh, under, of course, under. Uh, obviously, why would it be over? So when Michael Saylor goes out and says like 120 million people, people hold Bitcoin, he's he's including IOUs, right? I have no idea where Michael Saylor gets his information. But uh, I mean, probably it's like uh, Coinbase's uh, number of accounts uh, that's north of 100 million. Yeah. So <laughs> Did you see what BTC Pin said. Bitcoin Twitter is just him and a few thousand feds. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I guess uh, we don't know that either. But that doesn't matter really. Um, there's. I mean, if it is worthwhile, then we should expect there to be uh, feds and spokes. Uh, also, before I forget, BTC Pins is neck deep in the Bitcoin circular economy, and he offers dispatch pins for sale. If you buy a dispatch pin from him, a uh, portion goes to supporting the show as well. So check that out um very nice uh yeah so i mean well like so, so let, let me give you an example so you brought up trust wallet and, and exodus is up there yeah. as well exodus yeah, also right? closed source doesn't support lightning yeah yeah it's very similar uh in in in, in the specs let's say um and, and so and these are remember these are people that pay with bitcoin right yeah, right. this isn't people that pay us with uh, Ethereum or with something else. This is people who pay with Bitcoin, and um, and and so then you you know you kind of like ask yourself like how does Bitcoin end up in in uh, such a wallet? 
Um, and uh, I guess one simple exercise that anybody listening to this can do is to just open their phone, uh, open the App Store or the Google Play Store or uh, whatever Cypherpunk uh, right. App Store that you guys use, um, and uh, <laughs> uh, and type in the phrase Bitcoin Wallet. Right, I think that's the fairest uh, search phrase. And you can see what shows up, right? Uh, and again, remember that somebody who uses Bitcoin as a tool, um, uh, like for example, like if you, you and I want to download a BitTorrent client, okay, I, I, I'm not going to speak for you. For me, I would type in BitTorrent into uh, into Google, and I would get one of the clients uh, that looks uh, legit enough, and I wouldn't care much if it's the best one, if the BitTorrent uh, enthusiasts uh, think it's good or if there's technical trade-offs or, or whatever right right so there's that yeah uh, there's also like if you look at some of the other payment methods uh, that we have so let's take one example so tether on tron um right tether on tron has a very vibrant uh, circular economy especially in latin america yeah there's a lot of people uh, in countries like argentina some other places that uh, work online, uh, deal with dollars, uh, it achieves uh, dollars for them in a country where uh, the currency is not trustworthy. Um, it also achieves uh, uh, that uh, the value of uh, their money is not moving uh, up and down as much as it does with uh, with regular BTC. And, and, the, and these people are kind of willing to take the trade-off of uh, trusting uh, the Tether company. Um, with uh, uh, with them not running away with uh, with their money, yeah, right. And, and so there, there's a very vibrant uh, uh, community of people use uh, Tether and Tron. Now, which wallets do they use? Okay. Right. I mean, they're not going to use Blue Wallet because it doesn't have Tether and Tron. Right. They're not using Moon. or Electrum. They're not using Blue. Yeah. So all of those wallets uh, kind of like, uh, and, and this is uh, a little bit uh, of, of the problem with uh, uh, with the, the Bitcoin only uh, uh, thinking is that it, it builds like a, a separate uh, universe uh, from yeah, from the other universe uh, uh, that is the crypto casino. But it's not just a casino; there is a very vibrant circular economy transaction so usage as well. Using? Well, they would use something like uh, like Trust Wallet, for example. Um, so Trust Wallet is dominating all the payment categories, probably, because it has such wide support. It probably no, also, does the, Wallet also support Binance Pay. Yeah, yeah, and many of them also use Binance, but we're we're getting off track uh, a, a little bit. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. My point is that like if your first contact with cryptocurrency is uh, yeah, with uh, Tether and Tron, because you know, some guy paid you uh, uh, for a uh, for a gig uh, on a website uh, that you did, uh, and you got paid five hundred bucks. Uh, and they were like, "I'll pay you in Tether and Tron." Like, okay, whatever. I'll install the wallet for that. And then there's Bitcoin in there, and so somebody else the next day pay, offers to pay them in Bitcoin, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. I have Bitcoin. No problem. You can pay me in Bitcoin." And then they have Bitcoin in Tether and Tron uh, in their trust wallet. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. Now, to convince that person that, yeah, okay, so you have that wallet, but there's this other wallet (laughs) to which you can transfer your Bitcoin uh, so that you can use Lightning, right? I mean, and then they're like, but why should I uh, do that? What is Lightning? I don't know what that is. Uh, I already have a wallet that works. Exactly. Yeah, it works. You know, I can can convert it at my local... uh, 
uh, I forget what they call uh, exchange shops uh, and um, and uh, like the cash transfer points, right? Mm -hmm. Where they convert between cash and and quote unquote crypto. Yep. So and then it's uh, uh, it's good enough. Um, and uh, and so these people never get exposed. I mean, they're again. They're, they why would they go on Twitter t- to read about Bitcoin or about Tether or about Tron? Like, right? I mean, it's just a thing. And right. They're not going to so, watch a two-hour video on best practices. They're just fucking. Yeah, they would a hundred percent not, and they would definitely also not, you know, watch uh, uh, watch. Uh, yeah, like uh, any of this, they wouldn't watch this show. Um, right. So we don't, and we, uh, and I think the most important thing. Uh, is that you know we go to conferences and we meet a lot of people right but we never meet those who only use it as a tool and, and, and so it becomes this big right. blind spot right uh, because like I, I, I go to uh, bitcoin amsterdam and like everyone's like me that's great so that means that the whole world is like that meh <laughs> incorrect <laughs> yeah right i mean it's a little bit again you go to a classic cars uh, conference and everybody's into classic cars. <laughs> uh, and right. so you should conclude that everybody in the world uses classic cars. Um, but you're not and, learning and so the, why the guy's driving a Toyota Camry instead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you probably wouldn't even find out uh, uh, that they exist. <laughs> um, uh, right. If you so went to the classic the, car conferences, then you would think Toyota Camry drivers weren't even a thing. That's what we're yep. currently living in in the Bitcoin. Well, a, a little bit echo chamber because, like, uh, we're we're building uh, our own thing to some extent. But I think it's important. Like, there is a very good argument for uh, for having things be Bitcoin only, uh, for having them, you know, have a small fraction of the volume uh, of uh, um, uh, of what they could have been if they supported uh, uh, other coins and so on. Um, and one can make that argument, but but at least you need to know right um and i mean and it's not just about crypto like uh, i mean like your average uh, el salvadoran um who uh, got a remittance in their chivo wallet like are they gonna go necessarily do research on you know which bitcoin wallet should i use or are they gonna go to the atm and cash it out for uh, for dollar bills right Right. And, and, and so, uh, I mean, this is one issue uh, that I think like, it's just important to be, I think, uh, mindful of. Uh, right. I mean, again, like Coinbase has a uh, hundred plus million uh, KYC verified users. Um, like, who are they? <laughs> uh, yeah. Even if we take your estimate that there's 250,000 uh, of us in the, in the Bitcoin community. Um, OK. And then we're still short, you know, 109 million and 750,000. Who are they? Where are they? <laughs> we never see them, right? right? And and there is also people that 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 huddle uh, as a tool, right? There's a lot of people that just huddle some Bitcoin, um, and they don't, you know, follow Twitter. Uh, they maybe at most know somebody who does, um, but uh, or they just bought it on their, uh, you know, uh, uh, Charles Schwab account or or whatever, um, and they have a number in their the stock portfolio that says BTC and. So I did I did what you said and I and I've already I've I've talked about this exercise multiple times, uh, both on on this show and on on Twitter. But I searched Bitcoin wallet in in the Play Store, uh, the Google Play Store. And the top one is this is going to be different. 
this is going to be different for different people. Right. The top one is, uh, yeah, this is like, but I will also say that this Google account that's attached to this Play Store thing is is pretty much devoid of information as far as, as Google goes. Yeah, but then uh, you um, should have a blank uh, newbie uh, perspective yeah. in the US. They know that you're in the exactly. US, probably. Uh, they think I'm in Canada. Um, okay. Okay, so uh, crypto.com is the top one. Bitcoin wallet. I don't even know who makes this by Bitcoin That's wallet. That's probably developers. the Shieldback uh, wallet. Yeah, it looks like the Shieldback wallet. That's still pretty high up there. Then then Bitcoin.com's wallet, then CoinSquare, then Coinbase, two times Coinbase, then Trust Wallet, then Wallace Crypto Wallet, never heard of it, Exodus, Blockchain.com, Innovin Solutions, Bitcoin Wallet, then MetaMask, which doesn't even support Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Then Binance, then Crypto.com again, BitPay, Luna, Revolut, Robinhood, Owner, and then Blue Wallet. It's like the first wallet I would recommend out of all of those. I well, listed. the Shieldback wallet like, is also good, but um, also doesn't support but, Lightning though. But yeah, I guess yeah, Blue Wallet kind of doesn't either. But, um, but my 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 point here is that you know users are going to you know pick one of the top ten that that appeals to them and you know we we can have a conspiracy perspective that like uh google is corrupted by the shit corners blah blah but like realistically there's an ai <laughs> it, it checks right. you know for each search phrase what people click on and then it just shows people that based on that and uh, what they installed and so on and so i don't think that it's uh, i mean one it's can not have a grand conspiracy i don't yeah. think so uh, i think it just shows people what uh, what they think that people uh, what people want um so do you think part of the issue is that, I mean, like Trust Wallet obviously supports like every shitcoin under the sun, but they don't support Lightning. Part of the issue is that it's just it's hard to develop a mobile Lightning wallet. It's like hard to integrate Lightning into yeah. Well, but also Trust Wallet gets paid; uh, uh, they earn money for people converting from one shitcoin to another, and Lightning doesn't have a shitcoin, right. so uh, it doesn't add uh, another trading pair for them. So I incentive. actually think that if Lightning did uh, have a shitcoin, this is a, another cursing in church, but uh, I think if <laughs> Lightning did have a shitcoin, it, it would have been bigger than it is today. I mean, then it would just be a shitcoin, and we have those Agreed. already. Yep. Uh, so I'm not saying that we should do that, uh, but uh, uh, I think like... Uh, so what do you think about stable coins on Lightning? It's a good question. It's a very good question. Um uh, I mean, uh, from the perspective of Lightning, uh, I'm very bullish. Uh, obviously, yeah. From the I don't know if that's obvious. Continue. Yeah, fair enough. Um, um no, I, I mean, I, I think uh, it's uh, it's good. I mean, uh, we already see that many things in the Lightning space uh, that have stable USD value, like Strike, like Bitcoin Beach, and uh, uh, some other. Um, are popular, right? I mean, there is a, a, a demand for people to to have their uh, money not fluctuate up and down. And that demand, again, uh, for many people, not for everybody, but for many, is, is greater than uh, the demand for, you know, self-custody. Uh, I am a cypherpunk. Nobody can control me. I do what I want. Um, right? Uh, that's a trade-off. And, and some people choose the former trade-off. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it depends what it looks like, uh, you know, how it works. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different uh, 
uh, schemes and ideas uh, for how to implement uh, uh, tokens on Lightning. But but also, I mean, and, and that's kind of like a, a big question as well, uh, which is like, okay, but imagine somebody, we're still going to have a similar problem, right? Because um, some dude receives uh, uh, 500 bucks uh, in uh, Tether on Lightning, let's say. And he wants to pay another dude uh, 500 bucks in Tether, but that dude only has a Tron wallet, right? So we still kind yeah. of have this uh, uh, somewhat uh, uh, strange uh, gap uh, here. Um, personally, I, and, and that's the thing, is that, again, like it's a big question. Uh, like There's people now talking about how Bitcoin isn't crypto. Yeah, right. Bitcoin is something separate. Like, I mean, that's very obviously not true. Um, but the question is maybe, is it desirable uh, for Bitcoin to be um, something other, something entirely separate uh, from crypto? Right. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things uh, in the crypto space that, you know, we don't have to go into that that are uh, not great, let's say. Um, and so having a, a Bitcoin economy that's separate from that. Is great in in, in in a lot of ways. I mean, we can all feel feel good about ourselves. Yeah, but that means that a lot of people will still be in the in the crypto circular economy, right? And, and we have to observe another thing: is that all stable coins, all major ones, at least to my knowledge, are issued by some kind of crypto exchange, right? So stable coins are right. very like they uh, have some kind uh, of trusted custodian that is uh, yeah holding dollar but it comes from it, it it comes from that side of the pond <laughs> uh, it's for them uh, by them uh, right uh, so stable like we're not going to um, uh, you know if there is a divorce uh, between uh, Bitcoin and crypto. Like, I mean, we're not going to have sole custody over, over stable coins. Um, that's for sure. And so then the question becomes uh, still like, okay, there will be uh, probably a circular economy uh, among stable coins. There already is uh, a very vibrant one. Um, what do we do? Also, stable coins have, uh, uh, have uh, speculation and gambling and DeFi and all of these things that... Uh, even though you and I agree, uh, they're not not uh, something we would. Uh, well, I think everyone's always going to gonna gamble. Yeah, exactly. People, yeah, humans and, and, like and, gambling. Exactly, and so then we, we have like a gambling-free uh, ecosystem. Um, like I think, like I've been thinking quite a bit about this because, like, in a lot of ways, like, so things change uh, in in our industry, right? And uh, a lot of things have changed since. Uh, 2017 or, or whatever, like pivotal moments. Um, and uh, sometimes like stable coins, for example, came after that, at least in a big way. Um, and it's important to, uh, you know, update uh, your uh, understanding of the world uh, as, uh, as the, the facts change. Back in the day, it was the case that Bitcoin was the base currency for the shitcoin economy, right? Uh, Bitcoin was the on-ramp. You had to acquire Bitcoin on uh, a Coinbase type thing. And then you would transfer that Bitcoin to 
Uh, what were the shitcoin exchanges back then? I forget. Um, whatever, right? To to uh, Binance, like BTCE right? or Cripsy. Yeah, I was thinking of Cripsy. I was thinking of yeah, Cripsy. <laughs> yeah, right. So you would buy. They all got rugs. Poloniex. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. But uh, well, anyway. Um, uh, so the, the case then was you buy Bitcoin, you transfer it to Cripsy, you, you, you trade in shitcoins, you withdraw to Bitcoin, and then you have Bitcoin, right? Uh, and then if you're, you're looking to buy something with your Bitcoin, you buy something with your Bitcoin. Like, um, also, like when shitcoins are dumping, uh, you would see uh, flight to safety and people are like, shit, shit, these coins, they're, they're, they're not good anymore. Um, uh, I'm going to go out and uh, fly to safety. I'm going to go to Bitcoin. Today, to to a very large, like to a bigger and bigger extent, uh, that is shifting from uh, from Bitcoin to stable coins, right? Uh, right. So uh, people buy. Uh, so today, that that equivalent flow is that you buy, the, you know, you get stable coins, you you put them in your MetaMask, uh, you do your DeFi stuff, and if you want to fly to safety, you you go into a stable coin, and and, and that's that. Yeah, right. So, uh, and I think in part, this is why, you know, like, like if you look at payments per day on Bitcoin, they're, they're going up, but they're not going back, going up that steeply, right? And so I think what we're seeing is that, like, okay, that kind of speculative uh, usage is actually shifting uh, to things like uh, stable coins, but there is also, of course, growth uh, in, in everything Bitcoin. And so um, uh, in the end, the chart is like, uh, you know, mo- Pointing upwards, yeah, used, but only slightly. It used to be that Bitcoin was unequivocally the so-called like reserve currency of the space. Like all the Bitcoin exactly. trading pair, every every trading pair was in Bitcoin. Uh, exactly. And then like basically Tether changed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and now so, when I you mean, see there... like the biggest volume on Binance and whatnot, it's usually in Tether or BUSD or whatever. Yep, exactly. So uh, it used to be the medium exchange, the unit of account and the store value of the shitcoin economy. Yeah, and right. today, like people it, talk it, about like sats being the standard like the shitcoin traders made sats the standard first it was like you would i remember like even in like 2016 2015 you would go on like a shitcoin exchange and they were, all the prices were listed in sats right so um uh, and so that's kind of the question right uh, i mean people are always going to gamble uh, you said and uh, uh, and then okay and so bitcoin doesn't allow that because we think it's bad um, and for good reasons, um, but uh, you know, here we are. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's but do a you tricky... think part of do you think part of that is just because like regulators move slow, and we're kind of just like in this weird period in between where where these centralized stable coins are widespread, but regulators haven't cracked down on them. I mean, the reason Bitcoin exists is because of the assumption that the state will stop this type of activity from happening. We saw yeah. it happen with Liberty Reserve. We saw it happen with so many other entities that were not you know, necessarily compliant with US law. Uh, Bitcoin was designed to be robust against that. These, these stable coins are not by any means. I mean, I, yep. the, the people behind but- Tether deserve props. They've been essentially you know, evading the US for such a long time. But uh, you got to imagine that eventually like time is ticking there, no? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I don't have any any special opinions. There's definitely a scenario for that. But I would like I'm say... I'm a strong believer that, I'm a strong believer that like Bitcoin is a tool 
that is available to us all and provides value to us all as a tool of last resort. It's a tool that is always yep. there for you when you need it. But if there's but, a more convenient option for people, they're going to always take the more convenient option. Yeah. But what if, yeah, uh, I am 100% agree. What if, um, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say, uh, as you described, the stable coins were not allowed uh, in a world where there was no Bitcoin. And I would say that Bitcoin shields the stable coins uh, yeah. uh, by its by the mere fact that Bitcoin exists. Yeah, uh, and and so the, the the question is, you know, uh, if regulators want to shut down stable coins um, and uh, drive those users to Bitcoin, uh, which is less controlled and, and chaotic, or if they're like, you know, what stable coins are the slightly lesser evil that li- live in B. Um, I don't know, but that's been the attitude for the past, uh, I don't know, three, four years, right? So maybe it's right. going to change. Um, and if it does, I mean, then then I think everything we discuss here is going to um, change in a, in, a, in a very big and uh, dramatic way. But we don't well, know, so like, uh, right? So like I was talking... Um, I mean, I remember when Tether launched um, and it right, was called so- uh, RealCoin. Yeah, and uh, I was like, "Oh man, uh, those guys are gonna gonna get in jail so fast!" Like that was my first uh, first thought. Right. And like, it's yeah, the well, joke. I... It's the joke you see on Twitter now, where it's like uh, about tether truthers, right? The tether's gonna blow up, and it's just like every other thing is blowing up behind them, but they're just like stared in at tether. Um, sure, but that's something else. I mean, that's the speculation of whether or not it's unbacked, uh, right? But there is still, right. regardless of that, the scenario where the government say says like this is now illegal and uh, you have to stop and but the re- so the the reason i bring this up is because uh i was talking to dario of uh, moon wallet and he's argentinian mm-hmm. um and so like they lo- like people in argentina love stable coins uh mm-hmm. he knows a lot of just average people that got absolutely wrecked on the luna collapse on the on the terra they had that stable coin that was backed by luna which was a shit coin and the whole thing just collapsed earlier this year and a lot of people got wrecked on that and a lot of those people did not move to a new stable coin they learned their lesson on that that it was centralized and now use bitcoin and i wonder if just a lot of this just kind of like people will just get burned and then realize the unique value prop of Bitcoin. Maybe. Um, but uh, I mean, you, you just uh, a minute ago talked about tether truthers uh, being in the wrong for many years about tether. Oh, so, yeah. I've been wrong about I mean, many uh, things. I also said that no, uh, what I mean, might never clear again and they just keep clearing. So, yeah, uh, we can talk about that as well if you want. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, my point is that there, there are stable coins that are obviously scams and there are stable coins that are. Not obviously scams. They might still go away for whatever reason. Right. Um, but we don't know. And but it, like I mean, it's kind of. I think it's 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 important when like uh, uh, you know thinking about the divorce of Bitcoin and crypto. It's like yeah, who's gonna get the kids? Like who's gonna get the stable coins? <laughs> and how? And like how do we do we want to have stable coins? Uh, and if so, to what extent? And then. Uh, so then we're going to be forced to figure out how do we interoperate with the other stable coins. Well, then, so I want to go back to where this originally started, which was this idea of stable coins on Lightning. Um, I think the reason Lightning adoption is as low as it is, is because of 
Um, we take certain, everything has trade-offs and we take certain trade-offs with lightning to make sure that it maintains relatively the censorship resistant properties of Bitcoin that you can settle on chain on Bitcoin. Um, and a as a result, you have all this, I, you have all these complex co concepts that are hard to design around UX wise with liquidity and channel management and having your node always on. And as a result, it's really hard to develop for it's, it's more, it's, it's less convenient for the end user to use, the UX is is always a step behind, you know, these these centralized shit coins. So to me, like stable coins on Lightning are this massive distraction because even if we technically, you know, even if RGB or Taro or whatever it is, like is technically able to implement stable coins on Lightning, I have a feeling I'm gonna bring you back on dispatch or I'm gonna go see you present in Riga or something, and you're gonna be like, well, remember how I said that Lightning's four percent of transactions? Well, stable coins on Lightning is is a half a percent of transactions, and really Tron is the one dominating stable coins yeah. still. It might be. Yeah, it's a, it's a very plausible scenario, and I think you you make a coherent argument for that. Um, but then uh, that leaves us uh, 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 sort of back to square one, which is that. Uh, how do uh, uh, how does the Bitcoin space uh, uh, relate uh, to stablecoins uh, being popular on other chains? Yeah. Well, I think we just we just like the goal should be to make interacting with Bitcoin as as you know easy and uh, interacting with Bitcoin in a sovereign way as easy as convenient as possible, um, and just understand that centralized tokens will always have additional convenience because of the way trade-off balances work. And yeah. if, Centralized if we're right, is always and, going to be more convenient. Right. And like, if Bitcoin is actually necessary, which I believe it is, which is uh, this robust censorship-resistant money that's independent of corporations and governments, then ultimately over time, it will prove itself out. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. And uh, I would sort of like to continue on that, like this is why... Uh, it's it's uh, crucial uh, that Bitcoin does not become this thing that is entirely dependent on uh, on centralized regulated exchanges. Uh, right. And the only the only way to achieve that uh, is uh, uh, again the circular economy, like uh, people getting paid, people paying peer to peer trading, uh, something as simple as use of wallets. <laughs> right. We need people to use wallets. Yeah, we, right. we need people to to have a wallet on their phone um, that they have some coins in in case they want to buy something. Um, we and I I don't believe in 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 you know like guilting or moralizing or you should otherwise you're not a good Bitcoiner and like that stuff. Like no, like we 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 should make things that people want to use because they want to use them. Um, um, because we're not going to successfully moralize uh, millions of uh, or even uh, billions of people in the world uh, into using this stuff. Um, so we, we need to make all of these things uh, uh, bigger, more popular, you know, like uh, uh, your basics uh, and uh, things like that. Um, because that's, uh, I mean, uh, you, again, like different people come to Bitcoin for different visions, but like I, I came for freedom money and internet money. Yeah, and that's what I'm uh, right. passionate about. And I, I, I don't think that you can even have sound money without freedom money. Like, I don't think that uh, 
a Bitcoin that is, uh, I think Sailor made this argument some time back that like, let them regulate it into oblivion and uh, then the, the institutionals will come and the price will go to the moon and then there will be hyper-Bitcoinization and then every, all right. the problems will magically fix themselves. I got yeah. into this argument I, with SAFE as well. Um, yeah. I mean, so the way I look at it, and I wonder if you agree, is 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 I came at it from an argument of why people should care about financial privacy. And I said, without privacy, which is not anonymity, privacy is is the ability to selectively reveal yourself to the world. Without privacy, you cannot have freedom because if you don't have privacy, then someone can use your information against you to to take away your freedom. And then without freedom, you can't ever be wealthy because if, if you don't have freedom, then it's not really your wealth. It can just take away mm -hmm. your wealth. So you need privacy to have freedom and you need freedom to be wealthy. So the whole thing is all interconnected. Yep. Which is, which is why you in particular are such an important uh, voice uh, in, in the Bitcoin space. Yeah. Cause you always talk about this stuff yeah, and uh, you can't have uh, uh, again, like you can't have, uh, like, like w I mean, privacy, if we talk about that, like uh, people who care about privacy are people who make transactions, <laughs> right? Uh, right? People who don't make transactions uh, do not particularly care uh, about privacy. Uh, and there's two kinds of privacy, right? There is the uh, coin join type uh, privacy uh, of uh, on-chain, and then there is uh, the privacy aspect that, you know, there are ways uh, for me to, uh, to do things with my Bitcoin that uh, don't require uh, full um, uh, full uh, account verification and all of that. Right, KYC. Right. Which is that's all... one of the things I love about BitRefill is that I can just buy these gift cards without. Yeah, well, we we, we try. You know, we 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 try to to enable as much as we can uh, with as much privacy as uh, we can, but that's a you know constant battle and yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, that stuff is important. And I mean, it, it can't just be betrayal, right? Uh, I mean, if it is, then we're just going right. to get shut down. Like there needs to be uh, a, a very big and vibrant economy. And so the question is, how do we, uh, how do we get it to grow? I mean, this is in part like why I'm sharing all of our data and so on that, you know, uh, someone would say, ah, oh, that's trade secrets, uh, you know, but like, yeah, but I, I wish there were uh, more competitors uh, but i also wish that there were a lot more and bigger and better complementary services out there right i, I want right, otherwise be... you get crushed otherwise you're just a centralized actor that can get crushed yeah and otherwise this is a uh, completely uninteresting like frankly like uh, like i said in the beginning like i'm not done <laughs> yeah i don't think we're done yeah the bitcoiners and and so i don't uh, you know i, I don't uh, like the thought leaders that say that it's all preordained uh, and uh, uh, we don't need to do anything. We can just sit and huddle and uh, uh, one day uh, everything's going to be great. And there's, One of the like, reasons never, I like, love this space, one of the reasons I always loved Bitcoin is that the, the strongest Bitcoin critics are always Bitcoiners. And I think that's still the case, sure. but it used to be a higher percentage. Now it's now the, the percentage has skewed the absolute number is is still higher of bitcoiners that are internally critical and want want to seek improvement and are talking about the hard things but percentage wise uh, particularly if you start to talk about platforms like the people that have the largest audiences yeah are and i i talk about this a lot i mean at the end of the day this is a movement of personal responsibility and people 
are groomed not to practice personal responsibility in their day-to-day lives. Like mm-hmm. people have everything taken care of for them by society all the time. Sure. So as a result, like the influence influencers who 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 tell people that they don't have to take personal responsibility naturally get better engagement. They perform better because that's what people want to hear. People want to hear something easy. They don't want to hear a hard path. They don't want to hear any kind of nuance or anything like that. Yep. Uh, And the the easiest thing is you're all going to be rich. Uh, And uh, and it's going to go up forever. Uh, And uh, there is no number two. And uh, all of these things. It's just... uh, uh, just punch well, I do think uh, sailor, but is gonna go up. I think so. But... I think so as well. But uh, as you said, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it clearly, you know, like uh, let's see when he gets liquidated. Uh, uh, but uh, um, I mean, well, he uh, broke rule it, number one, which is don't fuck around with leverage. But that's a whole different. Exactly, story. exactly, uh, and and that used uh, that's the thing is that again, like when people say that you know, uh, Bitcoin is separate from crypto. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Well, our biggest uh, influencer is like massively leveraged uh, on Bitcoin uh, and encourages people to leverage their house and, and so on. Like, uh, you know, I mean, there are a lot of uh, values that overlap. Let me let me tell you an anecdote. Uh, actually, I was uh, so the first Bitcoin conference that I attended uh, in my life uh, was a Bitcoin conference in Amsterdam in 2014. And recently, I, I I don't know. I was uh, feeling nostalgic, and so I I, I looked. Uh, I found um, uh, the event page uh, somewhere. I don't know if it's still. I couldn't find it later, but I'm sure it's in the internet archive. I think it's or, up or, because or someone showed it. To I think me it's there when I was in yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so if you look at it uh, and you look at the people, and like some of them we don't know anymore, but like a lot of them, uh, I would say a vast majority of them are people who today we would call the crypto industry. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Um, so a lot of them are people that then became the shitcoiners. Yeah, and it kind of evolved, right? I mean, the crypto came uh, out of uh, of Bitcoin. Like we we birthed it, and not just we. Like our at the time top influencers uh, uh, built it, right? And then again, like uh, as we already said, like as subculture uh, as subcultures grow, then they form sub subcultures, and it keeps going like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, like uh, you talked about, like Bitcoin not. Bitcoin's not crypto. Like maybe it's just shows my age. Um, but like I actually think that like crypto doesn't exist. Like there it's all part of the Bitcoin industry. Like I think Bitcoin is is is, you know, I in a in a weird roundabout way, like Ethereum is like a Bitcoin app. Uh but yeah, I, but but you know what? I think it's I like used the to dark have... underbelly of the Bitcoin industry, basically. Yes, I, I so I used to have that perspective as well. Yeah, exactly what you say. And uh, the way that I I would verify it is to do a Google Trends and just uh, see how much are people searching for Bitcoin and how much they're searching for crypto. Uh, and it's still the case that uh, you know Bitcoin is bigger than crypto. Yeah. Right. At the same time, uh, again, like. Uh, uh, like the world changes, and so now we're seeing that you know the crypto industry again is like uh, sort of replacing uh, Bitcoin as store of value, minimum of exchange, as the money basically uh, of their industry, and replacing it with uh, with stable coins and to, to a lesser extent ETH. Um, and uh, and and we see results of that. Like uh, I mean, the biggest uh, biggest wallet in the world is MetaMask, and, and MetaMask does not right. support Bitcoin. 
right? So, uh, and, and that's like a very clear sign of the divorce coming from the other side, right? That's like, you know, we built this thing and like we didn't even bother to add Bitcoin because, it's, you right. know, it's not. I Trust don't while it doesn't support Bit- lightning and MetaMask. Yeah, you know. And it's not a big conspiracy. It's just, it's just not a priority. Yeah, right. Again, like it's not like the, these people are like, oh, we hate Bitcoin. We want it to disappear or anything like that. Like the shitcoiners love Bitcoin. Uh, it's just, you know, it's not been a, a priority for them. Uh, they have their product roadmap and the things that give them their their business goals that they're trying to achieve. And so they haven't gotten to that yet. But it, but it shows that uh, that industry is now rebasing uh, gradually, but more and more uh, off uh, from uh, from Bitcoin and onto uh, stable coins on uh, on EVM based chains, basically. Yeah. Um, and and so, at some point, maybe it's no longer the case that crypto is uh, uh, the underbelly of the Bitcoin industry, and that it becomes somewhat. I mean, it's it's messy, right? <laughs> uh, is is crypto part of it? I don't know. Maybe uh, it's tricky. Like, well, I think I think yeah. the reason people say it is because it, there's an important message there, right? Which is Bitcoin is distinctly different than everything else in. The quote-unquote industry yeah um, and maybe and, that's enough the like, question uh, is how do you convey that message uh just like that right? I, I think uh, uh <laughs> i mean yeah. uh, I, I think uh, uh and i mean all of us do right if a friend asks like hey which crypto should i buy and they like, buy bitcoin and uh, uh and that's enough yeah but again like you know like uh you know like they they are to some extent moving on. <laughs> yeah, they 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 move to another town, yeah, right? I mean, they they don't uh, they use Bitcoin less. Um, they use other things instead. Yeah, they still use Bitcoin to some extent, but less. Well, so yeah, like I'm gonna but pull up some... a chart on the screen for like the people that are watching. This chart, right, where when you when you say the word crypto over and over again, like the left side is what you believe, which is that there's this massive crypto industry where like Bitcoin is a small part of that industry. When the reality is that, that you know, there's Bitcoin and then there's everything else that's doing, trying to accomplish completely different goals that is ripe with Ponzi schemes, that's ripe with scams, that's ripe with, you know, poor trade-offs that aren't disclosed to users. Um, like, what do you think yeah. when you see this chart? Do you, would you agree? Well, it contradicts with what this? you just said, uh, and uh, I would say that uh, you know, on the reality. Well, I would just put would the little that... crypto circle. I would put the little crypto circle like inside of the Bitcoin circle. If I was going, yeah, to uh, I would maybe make it like on the edge so it overlaps to a significant extent yeah. with the Bitcoin circle. Like a Venn and I would also make the and I would make the crypto circle significantly bigger, still smaller than Bitcoin, but significantly bigger than this chart. Um, I think another data point, uh, I guess, that made me think about these things. So if we zoom out, uh, like, I mean, I think as late as three years ago, uh, if uh, you asked me, like, you know, uh, which uh, coins do people use to pay on BitRefill, then I would be like, ah, it's 90% Bitcoin and 10% everything else. Yeah, right. right? Um, So, uh, I mean, uh, this isn't 2017. This is like 2019 uh, or so. So uh, up until very recently... Uh, it was the case uh, that uh, you, you know this was correlated well with the Google Trends, and so yeah, Bitcoin is much bigger than crypto. Whereas today, today you know, crypto is like uh, 
60-65% uh, uh, of it, which also, like, I think it's coincidental, but, like, it overlaps somewhat with the Bitcoin dominance uh, charts, which we know are inflated and, and, and bullshit and so on. But, but even it does though they're bullshit, Bitcoin's still, like, 50% on that or 60% on that, no? No, 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 it's 40-something, yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, and what's interesting, I think, uh, in, in this uh, day and age uh, with the fall of uh, FTX and, uh, and Terra and all these things is that it's not going up. It used to be uh, the case that in a bear market, Bitcoin dominance goes up. Um, well, right? you might be calling because... that early. I mean, like, what about uh, six months from now? Like, have we seen the full fallout yet? No, but I mean, we've seen quite a bit of fallout. Uh, and like, and is this the not the great shitcoin apocalypse, Sergey? Uh, good question. I think it might be, but but still, you know, now, there, here's an, here's another, I guess, uh, mental model, and I'm uh, actually interested in, in, in your thoughts. Um, so when when arguing values, right? Uh, values in right. themselves are, are usually not interesting. Uh, they're only interesting when you put them against each other. Right. So do you want freedom and prosperity? Yes. Yeah. But if you can only have one, right, if you have to choose like one unit of freedom or one unit of prosperity, then it becomes a values question. Right. And uh, in, the, in the Bitcoin space, uh, we, we have the value that we want Bitcoin up. Right. Whatever up means more users, higher price, whatever. Right. Yeah, we also down. want shit coins. We want shit coins down. Right. Uh, let's say uh, you, you get this. Right. We want both these things. Yeah, but okay, but an interesting yeah. question is uh, okay. But what if we put them against each other? Because there are situations in which uh, uh, we have to choose: uh, do we want Bitcoin up, but also shitcoin up, uh, or do we want shitcoin down, but also Bitcoin down? Right, and there's some right? that would which say we, which, down, down. Which would you choose? I would choose up, up. I would also choose up, up. Yeah, but I think that. Uh, yeah, Most many people, people on Bitcoin uh, Twitter would probably choose down, down. Well, it seems to so uh, at least the loud given, ones. Uh, given how people are sort of cheering uh, the the shitcoin apocalypse, uh, and I mean it is fun, yeah. But at the same time, it's clearly causing Bitcoin down, <laughs> right? Yeah, at least in the short term, um, and uh, uh, and so and, and that's a sort of uh, also like in a. I think uh, sort of important to, to ask, uh, you know, in, in your heart of hearts, like, I don't even know, to be honest, like, I mean, I, I have this uh, anarchistic pyromaniac thing where like stuff's burning is interesting, even if it's my house. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, uh, like watching FTX and all of that stuff. Yeah, is we, like, okay, we all like chaos. We all, if yeah, you've been in Bitcoin yeah. for a long enough time, you're a little bit of a mess. I think so. I think we're, yeah. I think we're chaotic good uh, as yeah. uh, <laughs> as characters. Um, so um, I don't even know. It's just like a, I guess something to uh, to reflect on on, on where. Well, the way where, I look at it, and... the way I look at it is in a post in in a in a world where Bitcoin is is succeeding, where adoption is increasing. Bitcoin brings in global permissionless finance. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the base of this global permissionless finance world. And as a result, um, people love gambling. People love printing mm -hmm. their own money. So if Bitcoin succeeds, shitcoins will always exist. Um, I think so too. In my uh, mind, because I, I, you can't I, stop someone from doing it. Yeah. 
exactly. I mean, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, like I mean, if you look at, uh, for example, uh, uh, other examples when people suddenly got uh, financial freedom uh, in in the history of the world, like for example, the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, what's the first thing that they do with their financial freedom? Uh, MLM schemes, <laughs> scam and be scammed, right? right? Uh, and and we've seen this over. We've seen this in the Bitcoin space as well. Like uh, there was a massive boom in Bolivia like five years ago, uh, where suddenly like all metrics like Bolivia, Bolivia, what else going on in Bolivia? They're like ah, okay, there's a massive Ponzi scheme that and like sort plus of uses token the word Bitcoin. It's a big one lately. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so I mean, people do that, and the, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that for me, I have sort of come to terms with that the good that Bitcoin brings outweighs the bad that it also brings. Right. Uh, and that maybe uh, the world just needs to develop uh, uh, like an intuitive understanding that, you know, uh, if it's too good to be true uh, type reasoning or, you know, where I guess recently we've learned uh, where there's uh, reward, there is risk. <laughs> Uh, right. is, is, a, is a big uh, uh, recent uh, learning for a lot of people and that maybe eventually uh, we, we get to um, uh, we, we get to a point where these things uh, stabilize but yeah I mean we, we are going to have shit coins at the very least you know the, the shit coins that are just stocks right yeah those that uh, uh, that really only scam uh, the, the American SSE or similar regulators. Uh, with their uh, uh, unregistered securities, uh, but other than that, uh, uh, conduct business in 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 an ethical uh, way without uh, lying, misleading. Like we can imagine that, uh, and uh, I think that that's part of the Bitcoin vision to some extent. So um, that too, by the way, uh, that means that we're going to have tokens. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, and so that may, how are they going to be transferred? Are they going to be transferred over Lightning or are they going to be transferred uh, over uh, 600 different EVM chains or something else that we don't know yet? Um, how is Bitcoin going to interact with that? Right. I mean, I think like, I mean, so there's another popular, I think every good meme is based in reality. Um, and that's why they're viral in the first place. And, you know, a big a big meme or culture point in Bitcoin is this idea of low time preference, long term thinking. And, you know, a lot of the trade offs that Bitcoin has made um, through its short history has been with a long term lens on, you know, you never really know how much censorship resistance is enough censorship resistance until your chain is completely captured and done. Um, so, so Bitcoin has kind of gone to the extreme on that, which I appreciate. And I think it makes it, yeah. you know, and, very and, robust. And the government is trolling us by not going after the less centralized ones. Well, so that's the question, right? So the question is like, there, there's a scenario where, where we're wrong and, or maybe just the fact that Bitcoin exists means that centralized, less censorship resistant things are able to survive, but I mean, the big elephant in the room is is pretty much Ethereum. And I do wonder, you know, the the thesis I've been running on for however many years and I continue to run on is that eventually, uh, I, I mean, I think Ethereum is being captured currently. I mean, I think there's attempts to try and capture Bitcoin as well that are less successful. But um, 
that Ethereum is being captured currently and it will become it will become apparent to people at some point in the future. I'm not going to pick any dates, but if 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 you know, but what does Safe say? Safe is like Ethereum is the is the mother asshole of all shitcoins birthed from, right? Yeah. Um, and but I we wonder just established if, like, that it was actually Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah the birth Ethereum. exactly. I think, yeah, I mean, look, what what was the Ethereum ICO sold from, right? You had to use Bitcoin exactly. to buy into Ethereum exactly. in the first place. Um, like Ethereum was originally priced in SATs. Uh, but I mean, the I wonder, of crypto is things that are like Bitcoin. <laughs> my my doomer optimism on everything, whether it's financial privacy, whether it's regular digital privacy, whether it's people having, you know, internet connected cameras on their front door is that people will get burned over time and seek out better alternatives in the financial scene i think that's bitcoin um yeah but but, like, but it's not a given i mean i, I you know I, I don't know i agree with you I, I think yeah but but we can't be so certain like uh, right. look at BitTorrent, for example um BitTorrent right. is the reason why we have spotify and netflix right right um so if there was no BitTorrent, then no way that the rights holders would agree to having a streaming app, uh, whatever, right? Except uh, that it was now only it's, by scaring them. But now it's gotten so bad. Like I, like I was, I may or may not have been a frequent BitTorrent user before Netflix existed, and then Netflix gave me a convenient way to not be a BitTorrent user. And now there's so many streaming platforms that are all broken up and by furricated and stuff and there's so much less convenience there and i don't know what login is what login and yada 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 and now i'm back to being a theoretical BitTorrent user again right well that's interesting but i think you're still in, in the minority here uh, but yeah i mean maybe uh, who knows um but uh, it's also again okay sure but how how low time preference do you want to have right i mean at right. some point uh, yeah, at a lo- on a long enough uh, time scale, we're all going to be dead. Um, right. So um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it might be like that. It might be the, the other way. I mean, it might be uh, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the governments, uh, maybe the US one just captures uh, uh, captures a thing. I mean, they, they kind of control the USDC already and uh, via that Ethereum. And then maybe that's the C- CDBC. Uh, and then uh, we're done. And then that is, uh, like, I always thought that Bitcoin would have, like, one final nemesis. You know, like, the, the one, right. like, in games, like, the last boss uh, that, right. that it has to fight. The final uh, boss, fight against. Augustine yes. Karstens. Uh, yeah, well, uh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Well, he just looks uh, like a final boss, you know, he's like a Bowser type of individual. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? That, yeah, yeah that for sure. A... I, I would argue that yeah. he's not the final boss. He's like a boss <laughs> on like uh, uh, on like a section uh, of the game, uh, whereas the final boss is like some small, insignificant that has some uh, magical powers and just uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, let's pivot for a second, uh, Sergey. So when I talked All to right. you, when I first got to meet you in person, we were internet friends for a bit. But when I first got to meet you in person was, I believe, 2019 Riga. And we were walking to uh, the bull Bitcoin dinner that was in, you know, like a little dungeon. I thing. remember that. Um, and we had a we had a conversation for like 12 minutes that has stuck with me since then. And, and that was on multisig. 
Um, that I don't remember. <laughs> you were you were bearish on multisig. Do you remain bearish on multisig? Do you remember why? Yeah, you said it was too complex. People should just use a passphrase. Like it's not really hmm. like there, there'll be a niche where people like I, I assume you believe that it's very useful for organizations and whatnot. Um, right. Yeah, but yeah, like well, I mean, you were I, kind of coming at it from the at that point, like it was one of the things that we were like kind of hyping really hard within the hardcore Bitcoin community, which was that everyone was going to be moving to multi-sig for self-sovereign storage. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's a good question. I mean, I think multi-sig is a good tool. Uh, is it for everyone? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think in uh, like uh Sometimes uh, we in the Bitcoin community score on goals, yeah, right? Uh, and one of the ways is that we uh, we scare people. Um, so right. um, uh, so I, I guess like uh, that you know, hey, a phone wallet is not secure, so you should uh, uh, you should use multisig. But right. like most, and then they stay on FTX coins. and they get rugged instead. Exactly, exactly, because they like, oh, this is too complex for me. I'll just put them on an exchange. Well, and the like, Ethereum community is like, we'll just use MetaMask in our browser, and boom, done. Right, and uh, and if you think about how uh, how many people um, uh, lost, uh, I mean, first of all, I, I think we can agree that like the simplest uh, uh, mobile wallet on the crappiest uh, uh, device. Uh, is still going to be uh, more secure than keeping your coins uh, on an exchange with usernames and passwords, uh, even disregarding the element uh, of the exchange uh, rugging you uh, and just looking at that, you know, your email will get compromised and somebody will log into your exchange right. or throw your coins, right? So Agreed. even the, the, the dumbest wallet uh, in, in the dumbest setup, you know, take a screenshot of your seed phrase and, and, and store it in your photos. Like that's more secure than keeping your coins on an exchange. Yeah, but by 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 you know like uh, good is the enemy of the great, great is the enemy of the good, and so by by always uh, uh, arguing for the great, we sometimes lose people and never never get them to uh, to good. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean I think it's changing a little bit. Like I'm, I've recently seen uh, uh, people talk on Twitter about uh, uh, wallets that uh, back up your keys to like uh, Google Drive or similar. And they didn't get flamed into oblivion, and that wasn't. Well, that's the case what like Moon does. Like Moon by default right. is an encrypted backup to like Google Drive or iCloud, whichever yeah. you know, whichever phone you have. Um, and so uh, exactly, I mean, Moon does a lot of uh, creative things that involve trade-offs uh, that one can disagree with for for technical and good reasons and so on. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, again, like. Uh, you know, any wallet is uh, uh, is probably going to be better than keeping your coins on an exchange um, for a lot of reasons, not least the rug risk. Um, and, uh, and so also multisig has dangers. Like uh, um, right. most people, like, like, most people that lose their coins are either getting they're either getting like rugged on yeah. an exchange they're either doing a they're a phishing scam where they just like get an email and they put in their seed phrase, um, yeah. or they, they have I'll tell some you what kind the big of key loss. It's like they yeah. lose the seed, or with multisig, I mean, you have to you have to also keep the master X pub as well. Like well, exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and people don't realize that, right? They think that, yeah. hey, I have a, a three out of five. I wrote down five seed phrases. I distributed them to, uh, to four of my right. friends. Uh, and then, uh, you know, one of them disappears. And then we can gather the, the three of the, the remaining ones and we can claim the coins. Meh. Incorrect. You need to have the, uh, the, the config file. Yeah, right. right. You need to have the master XPub for the fifth key, uh, which uh, is not uh, not always clearly communicated in. Right, uh, but that's in, more of a UX uh, hurdle, and it's early. Okay, it's early. Is it early? I yeah, I think as long as people are buying Bitcoin and they're not earning Bitcoin, it's still early. Yeah, I guess in that sense, uh, I agree. Like uh, in that sense, it is early, but also like, you know, Bitcoin is one year younger than the iPhone. <laughs> but also uh, multi-sig is very early. Like multi-sig is like, yeah, we had Armory and shit, but like user-friendly multi-sig yeah. is only like two years old, right? Like I mean, Sparrow Electrum didn't exist is the, the biggest Bitcoin-only wallet and have, has had uh, multi-sig for a long time. Yeah, yeah. but Electrum But yeah, not. sure. User friend. I mean, Electrum's great. I love Electrum, but it's just I. I wouldn't, well, uh, yeah. No, I wouldn't I, call like, it a user friend. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I think it's important to be uh, clear here that I'm not against multisig. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well that conversation uh, has lived in my head, by the way, for three years now. I, so. I'm just, you know, one of these people. Like, I'm a contrarian, <laughs> right? And, and the Bitcoin community. Yeah, that's community why I love people you. Who, who think that they're contrarians, but they're often not contrarian towards their in-group, right? So yeah, whatever people are hyped up about, uh, I'm going to be uh, contrarian against, uh, right? So uh, if everyone's hyped about uh, something, I'm going to be this thing. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So we have a comment from Arembax in the Matrix chat saying, multi-sig is good for organizations and maybe public figures. I would go beyond that and say multi-sig is absolutely game-changing for organizations. If you run any kind of organization that interacts with Bitcoin, the fact that you can have like spending controls that actually people need to, um, you have to have multiple people within an organization sign on any transaction and have the responsibility of signing for those transactions is one of the coolest, like I still have, I have not, I have, there's multiple organizations I'm a part of, the freaks know that I'm just like, have stretched myself massively thin and do a ton of things in the Bitcoin space. There's a lot of organizational multi-sigs I'm a part of. And every time I sign a transaction that's a multi-sig uh, with other parties in, in one of these organizations, it is the coolest thing ever. Like I have not yeah. gotten over yet how cool that is. Yep. And uh, I mean, I still think that, you know, like, uh, yeah, no matter multi-sig or single-sig or whatever, but like just the fact that you, you know, click, for a couple of times on a computer and tap on the keyboard and whatever, and then like thousands of dollars appear somewhere else in the world. Like, how magic yeah, is that's that? Cool. Really, like uh, they were actually built uh, uh, built uh, that. Uh, yeah, we have to sometimes also. Uh, it hasn't worn. It, it hasn't worn thing. off yet. It's still. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it will ever uh, wear off. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the kids that are born today are going to take that for granted. Yeah, but uh, that's also, I guess, an interesting topic, like uh, uh, kids uh, and uh, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, again, Bitcoin's been around for, what, 12, 13, uh, 13 years. Um, so there's people that are uh, 
growing up in their teenagers that uh, where Bitcoin has always been there uh, for their entire you know cognizant uh, right. life and uh, yeah, that's also the, an area that I kind of feel like uh, we should explore more like we've seen uh, on Bitrefill, we frequently see uh, kids yeah right and by kids they I mean, don't have like, bank accounts they don't have bank accounts uh, and it's different kids right it can be 12 year olds uh, with their weekly allowance and it can be um 17 year olds uh, that uh, uh, figured out uh, that uh, this is a way to get uh, uh, get cool skins uh, for their uh, for their uh, in-game uh, counter-strike items. or whatever yeah right uh, and uh, uh, I mean th- that is a big audience. Uh, uh, we don't really see them uh, so much uh, in the uh, in the Bitcoin community. I think like I don't even know of any. I mean the the last famous teenager we had was Vitalik Buterin, I think. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> like uh, who who are yeah, the teenage had, uh, teenage Bitcoin? We have Barack. We have Barack. Uh, right. Who's attacking Lightning and saying he loves chaos? He was on the show last week. Uh, we ah, used right, to have Ben right. Kaufman, okay. but then he went down the shitcoin rabbit hole. Uh, he realized he Did could he? make more money working in, shit, in the shitcoin industry. Uh huh. Um, I didn't know that. Who yeah, else do we but, have? Uh, and, but but I mean, these are you know kind of uh, you know like uh, I mean to me like uh, I remember when blogs uh, crossed the chasm and went into the mainstream from being a thing for nerds. And the thing that took blogs uh, uh, to the mainstream was teenage girls, right? And uh, they started blogging about uh, uh, what they did right. today and uh, the online diaries, makeup. right? And uh, and the and society thought it was completely unreasonable, and they did it anyway, and and people laughed at them, and then it became a massive thing. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, what do we have? Uh, <laughs> what do we have for teenage girls? Yeah, how can we uh, how can we uh, get them on uh, on the Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why there's so much hate towards shitcoiners is because they just have so much money behind them that's like printed from scams. So like whenever, and maybe this is just an excuse that pulls away from personal responsibility on Bitcoin side, but it's like whenever like our grassroots adoption kind of starts to gain any kind of wind, you have the shit corners just come in and dominate the conversation. I mean, we saw it in El Salvador, like as soon as El Salvador announced legal tender, there was a shitcoin delegation there like a week later. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Such a, such a is uh, our industry. And yes, it's always been the case that, uh, yeah, that Bitcoin is the one coin that doesn't have a marketing department, um, yeah. and uh, uh, and still it has achieved everything that it has achieved, yeah, and so on. Um, but that's why that I'm just said, thinking about like the kids, right? Like it's like you try, like yeah, but we like do get we don't have kids. a paid. So, like for instance, at Bitcoin, like I do consulting for Bitcoin Magazine. I've been their strategic advisor uh, for two years now. And like half the team are kids that dropped out of college, um, right? So like we do have young Bitcoiners, but like the problem but is like a lot then of you're not kids. I mean, they're and twenty stuff. years old. Yeah, I mean, they right. get denied at the bar in America, at least in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but fair. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, Bitcoin doesn't have marketing department in some ways. In other ways, it does. 
right? I mean, uh, you are part of it. Uh, maybe I'm part of it as well. We're all part of uh, the decentralized uh, marketing department, yeah. right? And I, I think like part of like the, the critiques that I've been raising is because I want our marketing department to do better. Yeah, right. I think and, what's really uh, cool is like Andre Neves and like the Bitcoin gaming side. I think there's 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 a lot of potential yeah. there with kids. We just did an integration with uh, Zebedee uh, that was announced today. So shout out to the people at uh, Zebedee. And it's it's funny because he's not like his company. You know, I one of my projects is 1031, which is a Bitcoin only venture fund. Like his. His his company is not valued as a Bitcoin only company. Like he's a gaming company, so he yeah. has access to all this capital from like gaming gaming funds. Um, yep. So he kind of like escaped that hole where where Bitcoin only projects tend to have trouble getting funding um, because of that gaming overlap. Primarily, it's a gaming company, and they're just integrating Sats into gaming. Yep. Uh, and I mean, in the end, uh, you know, Bitcoin company will mean the same that internet company means today. Right. Yeah. Right. They'll be like, what's an internet company? I don't even know. Like, is a shoemaker an internet company if he has a website? And, uh, you know, we can discuss that or we cannot discuss that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so, of course, uh, I think uh, most Bitcoin companies are intersection of Bitcoin and something else. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, then there is the Bitcoin only meme, which means that uh, you can interact intersect with anything else except for for uh, other anyway, currencies. My dream is that within the next few years, I'm playing a video game, and some 13 year old kid in like Thailand or the Philippines or some shit is just absolutely destroying me because he has quicker reactions than I do, and I'm just losing sats to him. Like that is. That is one of my yeah. dreams. Like that's when I know we'll have we'll have made it to a degree. But I think you can. Uh, you already have that with uh, with and Counter Strike and so on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe the Counter Strike was a big one. Yeah, the Counter Strike was the big one because like they took an existing game and they kind of just dropped it in there. Uh, but I want to see like one of the large, and I know it's it's not going to happen overnight because it's really the challengers that want to innovate on models before. The big yeah. dogs do it right but like a like a Fortnite or something something with hundreds of millions of players um I, counter-strike has a lot but it's not like integrated into the direct counter-strike game yeah but uh, like in order for these things i think to be really 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 successful i mean currently the model as i understand it at least relies on like advertising and so on to get money in which then uh, is converted to sats and paid out to users yeah yeah and which, yeah which is great and but Zebedee it's ad-based has- the KYC friction issue too, right? Which is yeah, but so, uh, but the interesting thing is when people start uh, uh, paying for games, right? When there is a, a big enough addressable market of people with Sats uh, ready to to play games, buy items, whatever it is people do, um, uh, right? So that again, uh, we we actually get a uh, circulating economy even uh, within the games. Yeah. Right. And for that, we need more people with wallets, basically. Well, no, we, I think I that's mean, my main uh, more wallets. Uh, for something wallet, like Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite is a free game, but Epic makes billions of dollars selling these skins that don't change anything. I mean, yeah. people are just people are paying for them. They're just paying with credit cards um, instead of Sats. Like that could easily be just a QR code. Is. 
NFTs, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's well, the I same, right? Much. I mean, again, uh, in-game currencies are, are the same as shitcoins, right? Uh, right? In-game items are the same as... They're the, the original the... shitcoin. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, it's the same thing. Uh, games uh, want to have their own currency so that because they can print infinite amounts of it uh, and also because they control it, so on. So uh, we'll see. I think, uh, uh, like, it'll have to be that... You know the Bitcoin games win uh, over the non-Bitcoin games. Like I think that that's the path. Like, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's going to have to be challengers. Like the big games are obviously going to want to continue to print their own currency, but but there's an yeah. there's there's an advantage for challengers to come in and be like, well, look, we use we use real money that you can actually withdraw and use to buy things, including on bit refill. Um, so use our game instead, and then eventually one of those will ideally win. And if, if at that point, then it becomes the model, and then everyone follows yeah. it. I mean, uh, before Fortnite but, exists, but isn't no one that thought the you same could have... as, Isn't this the same as the NFT game? What do you mean? Well, I mean, if you you can see uh, crypto as a game, right? You, you trade right. tokens; they go up and down in value. Number, uh, some kind of number goes up, and uh, you get some kind of satisfaction from that. Um, and uh, uh, NFTs are in-game items in that world, right? Uh, right. Like, uh, I mean, is uh, is uh, an NFT with a picture of a monkey? Uh, uh, more, less, or equally shitcoinery uh, than a skin uh, for uh, for a Kalashnikov in Counter Strike. Well, I mean, like, so I like your phrase. What cursing in the church is a cool phrase. Um, you're like kind of making me curse in the church. Uh, I think yeah. the NFT industry is uh, rife with scams and bullshit, and not disclosing trade offs and pump and dumps and and wash yeah, trading right. and all you're this right. bullshit. But at the same but time, isn't that the like, games as well? if, I don't know. No, that's what I, that's what I was about to say. Like, if if there was an interoperable standard for in-game skins, uh, where you can transfer them between games, it's strictly a net benefit over the existing status quo, which is you you buy this skin and it's just locked into this completely centralized wall garden. Like, there but what is... if you can't even transfer it? Like, I mean, transferring it. I don't know if that's the important part here. Well, I think the cool part about sats and games is interoperability and like the actual ability to to pull those funds off, right? Sure, I, but, but sats are money, an argument. right? Uh, um, whereas crypto is in-game currency and NFTs are uh, in-game items, so it's a different. Well, so thing. like once again, like <laughs> um, I, I I think a big game would not do this um, because they like their walled garden, but a challenger might. And it would be cool if, you know, if, if you if you spent 2000 hours playing a game and you won all these skins and then a competitor comes out with a new game and is able to cryptographically verify that you have those skins from that game and gives you rewards based on that um, is a massive. It's just a massive improvement over the status quo. Like if I spend 2000 hours playing this one game and then a competitor comes out and is able to actually reward me for playing a different game that they didn't make. Um, to yeah. kind of bring but, me in. But you know what's that's going a net to happen in, in, this, in, 
But the second iteration of that is that the game, one game is going to figure out that if we can present these in-game items as speculative uh, items that are going to go up in value. I know. Uh, this is going to be uh, all scam bullshit. Uh, it's going again. to be popular and we would have uh, reinvented uh, NFTs. Yeah, and so, so Jevy is saying that game producers don't want to make their content interoperable. I agree, but that's why I keep coming I back agree. to it. it. Has to be, it has to be challengers. Like it's not going to be the big publishing houses. It's always the challengers. Like Venmo and that's didn't the case with Bitcoin, Bitcoin as well, first. by the way. Yeah, Venmo didn't great integrate Bitcoin first. Cash App did. Cash App was number two in the payment space in the U.S. and they needed an edge, so they integrated Bitcoin. And then guess what happened? Venmo had no choice but to integrate Bitcoin. They had no choice but to integrate Bitcoin withdrawals, which I've been on the record saying they never were going to do. And now we end up in a situation where you can transfer between Venmo and Cash App easily using Bitcoin. And it was because no the challenger this. adopted it first. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think you can that, withdraw uh, from Venmo in Bitcoin and you can deposit to Cash App with Bitcoin. So you can transfer between the two for the first time in I human history. I had no idea. And it's, this is massive. And it's, yeah, it's just because of of game theory incentives, right? The challenger adopts it first. The challenger becomes yeah. starts to win, and then the incumbent has to kind of kowtow to it and come in. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, in terms of the the Bitcoin marketing team is that like that's what Bitcoin uh, should focus at, uh, like uh, the challengers, but also like the everyone else's because the dominant player is never going to. Uh, they're disincentivized uh, from interoperability, and this goes e- even inside, uh, you know, in the in, in the Bitcoin space uh, as well. That like the large wallets are less incentivized to to make transactions. The large exchanges are not incentivized to make withdrawals easy and so on. And um, so it always has to be uh, the, the small ones, the everyone else, and uh, and then the way that we win is that if we uh, if the combined efforts of the everyone else. Uh, reaches a tipping point, I don't know, 50% or something, uh, then yeah, suddenly we will have standards, we will have interoperability and uh, yeah. all of these things. Uh, so, I mean, this has been a great conversation. I've absolutely enjoyed it. Um, uh, we do have Cypherodium in the Matrix chat saying, when Citadel coin, and then you realize that it already exists by someone else because every shitcoin under the sun, like there's names for everything already. Um, there, we already have a token at Citadel Dispatch, and that's Sats, and that will never change. You will never hear me shill a shitcoin. You will never hear me try and sell you NFTs, even if that would make fundraising this type of show uh, demonstrably easier. I've seen tons of shitcoin shows uh spin up their own bullshit DAOs and whatever. I'm not going to do any of that garbage with you guys. If you find value from the show, please contribute sats. It is appreciated. Um, you just, you know, go to silldispatch.com and click that big support the show button and I'll take you to the geyser page. Um, but, but Sergey, before, before we wrap up the show, like we have to talk, we have to talk about our, our, the, our niche drama. That is the RBF stuff. We, we have to, okay. just, we have to at least touch on it. Uh, it looks like right now that Bitcoin core, core has already merged and like in the next release, uh, people will have the option to toggle on um, RBF by default, replaced by feed by default, which means that if someone sends a transaction um, that is in your mempool and then they, if you have this toggle set on, which is off by default, but you can turn it on, um, then it gets replaced by a higher fee transaction if you send another transaction with a higher fee. Uh, you've been on the opposite side of this conversation. How do you feel about it right now? 
think it's a big mistake. Um, I, uh, I think I've spoken up about it. Uh, um, I mean, uh, John Carvalho uh, is a better internet fighter than me. I'm like, uh, I don't late think night, so. Uh, late nights, uh, I'm you're too uh, humble. You're too humble, Sergey. I yeah, uh, I but, think uh, the way he argues it is 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 not an effective argument. I think the way he argues it is a Streisand effect and just makes me want to turn the toggle on as soon yeah, as I have. Yeah, maybe to I don't know. Uh, I actually think that uh, like uh, he, he in, uh, I mean I don't always agree with his style of doing things, but in this case I think he's been uh, relatively to the point. Um, but I mean fundamentally, uh, you know, there is a current. I mean. <laughs> There is a way that the Bitcoin network works today, uh, and uh, uh, which is that uh, nodes uh, uh, do not uh, replace the first in transaction unless it has the RBF flag, right? Yeah, which was the compromise. Right, so your wallet, the... your wallet sets that this is an RBF transaction when at yeah. the time of sending. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly, uh, and uh, and so. The fact that this behavior uh, exists leads uh, to to a property uh, that can be used uh, uh, to somewhat reliably. Let's be very clear here, but to somewhat reliably uh, accept transactions without uh, waiting for a confirmation, uh, which is immensely useful for the simple, uh, I think, uh, reason that Bitcoin blocks are unpredictable. Like by a lot. Sometimes you have to wait for an hour for the next block. Sometimes Binance shows up and dumps 150 megabytes of blocks above as you. As soon as you send a transaction, yeah. they always do it right, right. after I send uh, a transaction. You, 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 blocks are unpredictable. And I, I think that the most important uh, thing uh, when building technology is for things to be predictable because if it's predictable, then people can work uh, uh, with it around it and so on. Um, there's also like a lot of other, uh, and so like we, we've been, I mean, first of all, this is not something new. Like uh, Satoshi described RBF uh, in, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Satoshi described uh, that a vending machine would use zero conf um, and that it would uh, have much lower fraud rates than a credit card uh, in uh, 2010. And then uh, uh, Jeff Garzik argued with him, and Satoshi replied with the classic, uh, if you don't understand, uh, I don't have time uh, to explain. Uh, wait, uh, I forget the quote now. It's a bit late here. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't with Garzik. It was with uh, the EOS guy, right? Okay, okay, maybe. You're, uh, but but uh, the point is that that, yeah. that that quote from Satoshi is specifically because somebody uh, criticized uh, Satoshi. If you don't understand it, I don't have time to explain it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So um, we've been doing, uh, uh, using uh, uh, this property to accept transactions instantly on Bitrefill. It's not actually instantly. There are some seconds uh, and so on and some other stuff. Uh, we don't get uh, abused like uh, it's less than one in a million transactions yeah uh, do like a fraud calculation on the fly basically right yeah yeah and it's like it's, it's relatively simplistic you know like you, you need to spend uh, you know a couple of days working on it but like we, it's not that fancy like people are imagining all kinds of things that were Sybil attacking the network and blah 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 but like no well, it's, so it's what happens if, if someone has an rbf yeah. If someone has the RBF 
flag enabled on their transaction. So they signal that it's so yeah. like blue wallet, they... for instance. Yes. Like, so they actually I... implemented the, the RBF is false flag in BIP21 uh, because we asked them to, and then we we meant to to make it standard. Uh, and uh, but now uh, the core devs have, are kind of working. But, to but I'm just flag. well. Let's just go down this path for a second. So I have I have RBF by default enabled in Sparrow Wallet. I pay you on Bit Refill. Yeah. Um, in the current environment, you know, this this new version of Core hasn't been released yet. Um, does does the fact that I have RBF enabled just automatically preclude me from like, or do you yes, automatically exclude me from the zero comp? Yes. Yeah. But very generously, we we will accept your transaction when it confirms, uh, which we generously. do at very <laughs> at very significant risk. Oh, um, at the price at the price when I sent it. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. uh, which is a big it's risk, right? And, and, yeah. and, and so the, the core devs are arguing that it's better to replace, you know, that uh, one time in a million, you're going to lose uh, all of the money in a payment uh, to sort of everybody has uh, uh, has uh, uh, an easy uh, flag to scam you for a couple of percent. Um, and I mean, it's, it's I mean, a little bit, you know, like uh, the arguments are very strange. And I mean, I think it's like many, okay, cursing in church. Uh, many core devs don't actually talk to users of Bitcoin, right? Uh, most of them couldn't name uh, any of the more popular Bitcoin wallets, right? Um, they, they have a very theoretical understanding of uh, uh, many of them. I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing here. Um, of how Bitcoin works and how it should work, but not necessarily how it works in practice, right? Right. The user is using a... Tron, USDT, and Trust Wallet with some Bitcoin. Yeah, but, but let's just talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin, right? Right. Let's just right. talk about Bitcoin here, um, and even with Bitcoin, right? Uh, and so, for example, uh, there was uh, so the, the the Binance dump of 150 whatever megs uh, of uh, of transactions, right? right. I like 12 uh, separate byte. Yeah, I think that that's like the theoretical best uh, case for somebody to use RBF, right? Right. Um, I send a transaction, so, Binance dumps right after me, and I'm like, fuck, I need this thing to confirm. So right. I want to raise the So uh, more importantly, uh, at the time, I, I tweeted about this. Uh, there is this developer uh, uh, goes by the handle OXB10C, um, who who did uh, he runs uh, transactionfee.info and mempoolum server and some other websites. He's a great guy. Oh, I love that. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, he, uh, I, Kindly asked him to and uh, to to run the, the the numbers, and he did, and published a tweet thread looking at, for example, the transactions that got stuck under. Right. right. So there was around thirteen thousand of them. Um, three thousand of those were like one sat per byte, so maybe they were not urgent. But ten thousand transactions were, uh, they used the fee estimation that was sensible at the time, and then they got fucked. Right. Right. And presumably twenty thirty percent. Yes, yeah. presumably 20-30% of them uh, have the RBF flag on, right? Because right, we can see that. The, the average, yes. Yeah. Uh, now, how many of them actually did use uh, uh, the, the bumping functionality successfully to bump their transaction from just below Binance to just above Binance? I mean, we talked about your threat at BitDevs the other day, so I know it's right. under a percent. It's like, what, it was like half a percent or something? Right? Yeah, it was uh, just under 1%. Yeah, yeah, right. 
uh, and we, I think a sensible number is like a good chunk of the 20-30% that have the RBF flag would use that because if you don't use it then, then when are you going to use it? Why are you <laughs> but, even flagging it? Yeah, but this because your wallet defaults that, to it, presumably. Exactly. The, the, this is people that use uh, Electrum Wallet. Um, right. that, uh, uh, for Sparrow, example, I mean, uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, and they, because uh, they're good wallets and uh, they just stick to the defaults. A lot of people just stick to the defaults. Again, people who use it everyone sticks tool. to defaults. Exactly. Um, so, like, we haven't successfully even explained to the people that use wallets that support this feature. Yeah, that you can uh, do this and how to do it and how it works and, and, and so on. Yeah, we successfully, you know, 1% out of 20, 30%. So like, you know, one in 20, uh, let's say to be generous uh, of RBF users successfully bumped uh, their, their transaction. Um, and so f- for the benefit of this being the standard for other people who have no way as well, uh, in hell to do it, right? I mean, somebody who sends a transaction from Coinbase or somebody who sends a transaction from Trust Wallet or, or Exodus Wallet or, you know, all of these things, like they're not going to ha- have any access to this functionality. So they, they don't get the benefit of this new policy. Yeah, but they do uh, suddenly uh, end up in a situation where, uh, yeah, suddenly their purchase uh, didn't happen. Uh, they didn't uh, get their uh, phone balance and they're stuck without data. And uh, the kind support reps at uh, their merchant of choice uh, uh, informs them that, I'm sorry, but we have to wait until this transaction uh, confirms, which might be a week, might be longer. We don't know. Right? And, so, and, and this is right. kind of like, or, or maybe they will inform them that, Hey, if you have your seed phrase, maybe you can restore your wallet in in Electrum, uh, and then you go through the following procedure. Like, I mean, it's not realistic, right? Yeah. Right. So we we kind of under well, up, like wallets uh, like Blue Wallet have like a big bump fee button, or and yet, um, or <laughs> and they yet have like even. Yet. I mean, even worse for you. I mean, now they have like the cancel sure. transaction button which is really it's like not worse for me yeah uh, well i joke we around that it's the button like if it was going to be actively described it should really say like commit fraud button it's um, not well i mean no i don't think that's fair <laughs> but yeah but it's provocative uh, which is important yeah so i mean in the end we, we end up uh, if i mean if a meaningful part of the network uses this flag which is not at all a given yeah, I, I think it's more likely that they don't. But if a meaningful part of the network does, then suddenly we have a Bitcoin that like transactions are relayed by some nodes, not by others. It's confusing. Different mempools have very different understandings of the world. Um, uh, we still have all of the pinning attacks uh, on, uh, on, uh, on Lightning uh, possible. Uh, people right. who are shopping uh, will have a, a, a suckier experience. Uh, uh, the support reps of the companies that provide this uh, will will have the uh, very unpleasant experience of explaining to them that this is because of how Bitcoin works. And so as a result, a lot of people will perceive Bitcoin to be working badly. Um, and, and, the, and the reasoning for this is that it was always theoretically possible, right? Uh, and theoretically well, no, the possible... reasoning is, I can argue the other side, because I mean, I, I'm still not convinced that this is a bad idea. I mean, the argument to me is in in a in a low fee environment, an environment that we've been in for like the last eight months, 
where one sapper bite gets into the next block, this policy doesn't really matter one way or the other for the most part. And then in a sustained high fee environment, why not? You don't know what the next block is going to be. Right. First I mean, of all, what not, you said is not true. Instant. I mean, uh, fees are not always one set per bite. Uh, it's only. At but there's been a lot so for a long trend uh, for for months. Yeah, and it's going to be like months, that for one set per bite. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but then my yeah. argument, my argument is, my argument is, is this is a mempool policy. Advanced users can already change it themselves. This just makes it easier for the average node runner to choose yeah. what their so own there, mempool does. Yeah, so there's also a bit of confusion because some people use the word users uh, in different ways, right? So uh, in the core community, a user is a user of Bitcoin Core, right? Whereas right. I would argue that a user is a user of Bitcoin transactions, which are very different, <laughs> right? I mean, there's 40,000 nodes out, out there uh, which create a network which has all of these effects, whereas there's millions of people that use uh, Bitcoin transactions as a thing. Um, so, I mean, it, it creates a policy, uh, again, where, where Bitcoin becomes, on-chain Bitcoin becomes unpredictable. Uh, it exposes merchants to bigger risks, uh, not the uh, not the double spend risk, uh, but uh, the currency risk. Um, it doesn't achieve any of the benefits, uh, you know, in a lot of ways. It's like, I mean, like the probability, I actually looked up the probability of a plane crashing. Uh, and that's like one in 10 million, right? Uh, versus a double spend by our, our, at least from our data, is like one in one million, uh, one in one million something, right? So, so it's like so you're more likely to get double spent than die in a plane crash. Yes, uh, for one transaction <laughs> and one one flight, but it's one order of magnitude away, right? So ten flights yeah. uh, you, you, to one transaction. Uh, sorry, uh, right here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 10 but, flights. But, if I take 10 yeah. flights, I'll probably get double spent on one of the flights. Right. And so the reasoning was that it was always possible, so it's not <laughs> secure, right? Which is basically like saying that aviation is not safe, right? Because it's always possible to blow up a plane. So let's give every passenger a hand grenade uh, so that people don't fly planes anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's the same type of reasoning. Um, no, no, uh, but it's simple policy, though. So like... So like right now on the screen, like fortunately in Bitcoin, the way we have it designed because we want it to be as robust as possible is that everyone who runs a node has their own mempool. But in yep. practice, some some mempools do matter more than others. And the, the mempool we have on screen right now is Wiz's mempool, arguably mm -hmm. the most used mempool in the world. Um, if Wiz, regardless of this core change, can change his own policy on mempool.space to consider every transaction RBF, would that not be the same result at the end of the day, just what he does? Like, wouldn't that end, end result be that my mempool at home well, would well, the not scope is, the same uh, transactions? I mean, the the thing is that a, a zero-conf transaction is secured by miners, right? Uh, unlike a regular transaction, which is secured uh, by by the network and blocks and all these things, right? I mean, it's you have to trust miners to not screw you over. Like that's the trust model, which 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 is right. uh, again like uh, there's a reason why we have blocks and confirmations and so on. Like we're we're not talking right. about it's that. It's not an ideal yeah. trust model, but exactly. Um, uh, but the question is whether or not this non-ideal but still pretty good uh, trust model should be allowed yeah right and there is this uh, again emergent property of the network which arises 
um, simply because most uh, nodes and uh, all of the miners uh, run uh, Bitcoin Core and generally don't uh, don't tamper with it. Definitely, uh, usually not even changing defaults, but sometimes, uh, but definitely not. Uh, you know, changing code of it. Like no, no miner would like recompile Bitcoin Core to change something. Um, so yes, you're right. It's just a, a flag uh, that somebody could have done anyway. But you but don't we think have miners nice emergent property? You don't think miners would change it in a sustained high fee environment? Why would they? That makes no sense. Because they'd make more in fees. No, they don't. You're kidding me. Yeah. They, if I, so if I sent a one separate byte transaction and then I sent an RBF. Yeah, but again, we already established with... that nobody does this. Like, uh, um, uh, we <laughs> already I established this. Sure, but you're the 1%. Yeah, but the other 99% are uh, not going to do this. There's going to be fewer people that make on chain transactions at all, uh, which means that the low fee environment will go on much longer, even though it's still going to go on quite long. Um, uh, so uh, you know, yeah, you you know, penny wise, uh, dollar poor, right? You, you save a penny here uh, on that one RBF transaction, and then you screw over the other ninety nine percent of the users, um, uh, some of whom will not be using Bitcoin for this sort of transaction. They would be either using Lightning, in which case the miners get nothing, uh, or they will use uh, uh, an altcoin right, or a centralized solution. The bit refill else. stats, the bit refill stats would would dictate that they're not going to use Lightning, or the minority will use Lightning. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I want nothing more than people to use Lightning. Uh, but I don't think that breaking things that they currently use uh, is uh, the right way. Yeah, like we'll see uh, how this happens. I mean, like. Uh, uh, th there is a, a lot of thing, like things that we can do, but it may be as simple as uh, I mean, the whole model of you know scan a QR code uh, to pay uh, this many sats for something that costs a hundred dollars um, is uh, relatively unique. Uh, in, right, the default model in in Bitcoin is that you deposit to an exchange or to an account of some sort. Right. Right. Uh, and the, in, in that world, everybody knows that you need to wait for confirmations and this and, and that. So and people can't get if I send 100,000 right. sats, like my exchange after a confirmation shows 100,000 sats and then I can. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and like that's probably the most user friendly solution uh, to do. Um, and uh, as a result, that means that people that provide, uh, you know, buy stuff with Bitcoin functionality will probably, uh, at least somewhat likely, uh, move to an account-based model. Um, accounts... Uh, like I load you know, up refill with sats. Yeah, you can already do that. Some, and people use that. Yeah. I mean, that, we have that functionality in place today. Uh, but a lot of people also like that you don't need to have an account. You just scan a QR code and so on, right? Yeah, and so I think that that model uh, is uh, is good. Uh, I think it does a lot for privacy and for freedoms, uh, because uh, having accounts, uh, you, you know, is uh, uh, trusted third parties or security holes and so on. Uh, right. You will never send the exact amount, uh, right? Because you have to send. Uh, the, there's going to be volatility during the time that your transaction. I'll be topping up my account basically, and the you'll be topping be up to your bit refill account. You're going to have some sets left on BitRefill that we could theoretically rug you with. 
right. and so on and such forth. Right. So it's a broken incentive. So, it encourages custodianship, basically. Is yes. What you're saying. Yeah, hundred percent, and it discourages the circular economy. Like the, the again, the the scan the QR code to buy a thing. Um. So and it was done. You know, like hey, everybody in the mailing list agreed. Uh, I don't think anybody consulted any of the top wallets or merchant services or anything uh, and not, none of them were on the mailing list at the time so um, the thing passed and uh, Dario from Moon started raising hell um, a little bit too late uh, it turns out and uh, we chimed in I'm very disappointed that the other merchants uh, uh, that I've talked to uh, uh, all agreed uh, that this was really bad uh, but none of them actually spoke up uh, at least not on the mailing list, which maybe they're too scared that... to speak publicly. They don't want backlash. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, and and so then well, it I mean, becomes that uh, it's, it's just betrayal. Yeah, but it's not we've just betrayal. It's everybody that provides you the possibility to buy things by, by scanning a QR code. We've seen with Moon that there was a bit of a Streisand effect. So as soon as they started making noise about it, like people are actively attacking Moon now, because it is possible. Um. Are they? So like I don't know. Are... Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, mean, uh, we, can, I... we can we we can ask Dario like how many successfully. Uh, there are people them. actively attacking Moon right now. Is my understanding. I would say to all in... those people. Are they in uh, co collaboration with miners or? I would say Moon is well aware of the attacks and they're trying to solve it and right. uh, try and give them a break. Yeah, I mean, um, Moon's mean uh, well. security model is a little bit different because uh, Moon is Bitcoin in, Bitcoin out, uh, which means that you can try and try and attack as many times as you want, right? Well, they like yeah. Moon's not a real Lightning wallet. Like it can pay Lightning invoices, yeah. but it relies on zero comp to pay the Lightning invoice. So in some cases, uh, if you use yeah. a modified, if you use a modified, yeah, if you use a modified Moon client, you can attack it. Sure. Um, my, my point is that uh, it, it, with something like Moon, uh, you know, even if you have a fraction of a percent probability of succeeding, you can just keep trying and eventually you will succeed. Right. right? Whereas uh, with most uh, merchant services, such as Betrayal, but also like, you know, yeah, yeah, I bought something on uh, on whatever, uh, CoinKite. Um, you know, after you bought, then there is an order and then you're going to get a thing, <laughs> right? You don't get your Bitcoins out easily. Uh, and so if you, you try to double spend, failed, ended up still buying the thing, you you, you can't, uh, you know, profitably keep trying, right? And I think that that's part of why we're seeing, you know, one in a million uh, numbers, uh, whereas uh, probably the theoretical probability is a little bit higher. Okay, so I mean, it looks like, well, first off, I'm kind of of the mindset that anything's not, that's not consensus, um, I think should just have a toggle in Bitcoin core. Um, Cause if, if we're encouraging yeah. end users to use their own node, they should be able to determine the policy of their own node is I think, I think that's my perspective. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, to some extent, but uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, in the end, there, there, it's a tragedy of the commons, right? Uh, if yeah. a certain percentage of people choose to do it for unclear gain, uh, then it makes the Bitcoin experience worse for, for everybody else. I, I definitely um, see how it makes the experience worse for like your average uh, trust wallet user or something like that. Um, yeah, even for your average Electrum user. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm definitely sympathetic to it. But 
so then the next question obviously is okay so this thing is is it's it's looks like it's definitely going to happen what is your path forward on bit refill is it simply that you're going to credit sats and that's going to be the standard or do you have another plan in place like what what is your plan as much we'll, as you're willing we'll, to disclose we'll see uh first of all there is a question of how many people will run with that flag um and uh what that well, it really uh, comes down to the miners who run it right the mine yes, pool exactly. operators that run the nodes uh, Exactly. So uh, it's possible that uh, we'll be able to uh, to uh, continue uh, operating the way that we currently do. Uh, it's also possible that we uh, we find uh, other ways. I mean, it's possible that we you know turn off zero conf and also. Uh, when your transaction confirms, recalculate the price, and oh, it turns out that actually with we said that it was a hundred thousand sats, but uh, actually by the time it confirmed, now it's actually a hundred thousand five hundred. So please send right. us another transaction for five hundred sats uh, and wait for an uh, indeterminate amount of time until that block confirms. Um, right. So uh, yeah, we'll see, or we just go to the accounts model. Yeah, but there's a lot of like in betweens as well. Like there's pretty complex decision tree, so I wouldn't sort of worry about um, Bitrefill uh, disappearing uh, anytime right. soon. Yeah, it might not it be ideal, but you'll figure it out. Yeah, but it but it definitely will. You know, it creates a central like all of this stuff like requires uh, dedicated developer resources, which becomes a centralizing pressure. Because your average right. uh, uh, BTC pay server operator is not going to have that, and they're also not going to have custodial accounts, and, and so on. So, um, in the end, I, I think that we achieved. Uh, I mean, again, it's not over until people run this, uh, and it's very possible that people will decide that you know what, it's a, the Bitcoin world is actually better if people don't, especially the miners. Um, uh, and I definitely think that miners would earn more money uh, if, uh, well, I mean, it's a tragedy of the commons there as well, I guess. If one miner uh, defects, then maybe they will earn a little bit more. Uh, but, pennies, but like foundries, really. foundries like 30% of the hash. If if we had a sustained high fee market and they just enable the flag, then it's... Then it's they, they would inc- increase the revenue by, you know, I don't know how many zeros there is after the comma, but... Right. Yeah. Um, um, but again, uh, they would probably still lose more on the fact that there are less uh, less fees uh, and less transactions on on the Bitcoin network. So, um, and and even their share of that, uh, even with the increased uh, percent, uh, is going to be still lower. Uh, I think if they run the numbers, um, but. Yeah, it's, it's we'll like see. almost not yeah. even tragedy of the commons. It's like short term versus long term thinking, right? Like long term, you think they would make more money if if no one enabled it, but short term, yeah, they would uh, obviously see. Yeah, it depends. But like very short, very small game, right? Yeah, and the damage is pretty pretty quick after. So I don't know. You know, like I'm of this school. And so, what do you think, that- users? You think users? Like a lot of people will say users will switch to Lightning. You think users will switch to shitcoins and stablecoins? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we've already seen these things. So we, we know that that's uh, yeah, what happens. Uh, uh, Litecoin is still alive and kicking. 
Yeah, you know, like uh, depends on the definition is, of alive. Oh, it's bigger than lightning. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a low bar, but okay. Uh, is it okay? But like, uh, that's the thing is that like in a lot of ways, like lightning, Litecoin is becoming the big block uh, version of Bitcoin, um, and doesn't have any of the uh, the history and, uh, and the badness of BCH. Um, but right. anyway, um, I think, uh, you know, I think we'll see, you know, uh, what happens from this. It's not the end of the world. Uh, none of this is, uh, I think it was a poor decision. I think it was poorly underbuilt decision. Like, uh, uh, if, uh, there was a more thorough process than it could have been avoided. Um, uh, there are other things that uh, Bitcoin Core has have done uh, in the past five years that have gotten adoption. Um, for example, fee estimation uh, is a thing now. Uh, it wasn't a thing five years ago, right? Almost uh, all transactions today use fee estimation. Uh, they right. didn't five years ago. Um, so there are things that uh, come out of uh, the Bitcoin Core project that are successful. And there are things that are not successful. Uh, and uh, uh, I think it's unfortunate to double down on those which are not successful. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, look, I want to thank you again for joining us. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I hope the freaks did as well. Yeah, likewise. Um, do you have any final thoughts for us before we wrap up? No, man, I'm uh, quite tired here. So uh, Fair I enough. think I rambled on. Uh, thank you so much for bearing with uh, with me and all of my uh, church cursing. Well, I, 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 uh, I appreciate you joining us for two and a half hours. Uh, I, know, I know time is money and your time is scarce. So uh, it, it does mean a lot. I will definitely be using the phrase uh, cursing in a church probably too much. Yeah. I think it's I'm just translation from good. a Swedish expression. It's great. Um, it's a great, yeah. it's a great expression. So I'm definitely going to be using it more. I want to thank all the freaks for joining us and supporting the show. Uh, reminder that we are now on geyser.fund. Uh, you can get there by going to citadel.lol or satsfundme.com um, or going to citadeldispatch.com. Once again, all the podcasting 2.0 support also gets channeled through there, um, or at least it's visible through there. It's all going to my notes. So you can see in real time, how much support is happening for dispatch um, and, and be more active in that, in that conversation. I want, I want you guys, I want to be as transparent as possible here about how much funding is coming into dispatch and, and really proving out that the value for value model is a real model that we don't need to have, you know, nine minutes of corporate ads before shows. Um, I do think it aligns incentives better. I'm here to provide you guys the best conversations. I want you guys to participate in this process. This is, this is a group thing. This is something we're all doing together. Um, if you're not subscribed on your favorite platform, consider subscribing. I have a great conversation set up for the same time on Monday. Um, it's going to, it's, it's going to be a really fantastic conversation. I have Dylan LeClaire and checkmate joining for it. Uh, so it'll be a fun one. We'll talk about the current state of Bitcoin and all the chaos and whatnot that's going on. Um, I love you all. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing with friends and family. Have a great Thanksgiving if you are in America. Uh, if you're outside of America, appreciate your friends and family. That's what we, we do for Thanksgiving. If you're not aware, uh, that's always a good thing to do week in and week out. That's what's important. Um, 
and stay humble, stack sad. Cheers, all. Thanks, Sergey. Thanks, man. It's been fun.